Hello, V. Hello, Coulter. Thank you for coming on and doing this. I know it's uh, nerve-wracking a little bit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it's a... Uh, I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. You're uh, definitely one of the more interesting uh, people I have met in my adult life by far. I'm glad you think that. <laughs> <laughs> Other people are sadly disappointed. <laughs> like, who is this bitch? Pretty she, much. She, she invented uh, baseball statistics before her. Nobody else was even keeping track of it. All it was was just dudes just hitting balls with uh, sticks in the yard. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you hitchhiked. Talk, talk, talk to me a little bit about your hitchhiking uh, story. Which one? To New Orleans? Or the so time I picked up a hitchhiker that wasn't actually a hitchhiker? Well, uh, uh, both? I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're separate occasions. Um, and your journeys into so, hitchhiking so one, one and hitchhikers. Is, one is funny and one is more like, wow, like the world's pretty cool. Um, okay, um, so I was fresh out of high school and I was like, I, you know, fuck the system. I don't want a job. I don't want kids. I don't want money. I just want to travel the world and that be it. Um... And so, as soon as I was able to, I decided to hitchhike with my dog to, to New Orleans. From from where? From, from Tallahassee. Jesus. Um, it's like, what, six hours driving on the interstate yeah. distance? Yeah, it was, um, I think I got there in maybe a day. I'm, I'm, I met a lot of really cool people. Um, Please. <laughs> one of the, well, actually, I'm going to talk about the creep first. So, one of the first individuals we met um, was, like, this old Grateful Full Dead fan who had been traveling, like, with, like, the Rainbow family beforehand, and he had, um, you know, he hitchhiked a lot, and he was telling us all these stories and all the people he met, and he's like, and that's why I picked you guys up. Um, and he just came back to civilization, or what they call Babylon, and... Got a normal job, wife, kid, and I'm like, God, that sucks for you. That's never gonna happen to me. <laughs> that happened to me. Hmm. No kids though, not married. Um, but like, how? Wait a second. Okay. Where, where, okay. where are you at? Where am I? So you said you hitchhiked from, hitchhike. from Tallahassee to, to New, New Orleans. Orleans. You know, I didn't really keep track of where I was at. I was just more so like, hey, I'm going to New Orleans, and kind of trusted my way there. Was stupid. Like, how far did the first um, person take you? I think it was. Or like, how many a, how many jumps was it for you to get to New Orleans? Uh, the first one was this like redneck dude on Highway Twenty, um, and he took us to I think Pensacola, and then there was a woman. Um, with her son, and they were in like this big, her son and daughter, and they were in like this big van, um, very friendly, very friendly, and they were like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, New Orleans, like, oh, we're heading down that highway, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and they just seemed very, like, bewildered that I was a hitchhiker, um, and I wasn't flying a sign because I didn't, you know, 
a lot of hitchhikers do fly signs like, hey, give me money. I'm like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. I had my violin on my back and my dog by my side, and, you know, I didn't I had 50 bucks in my pocket and, you know, that was it. Um, but they were just really curious of this abstract idea of, and of course I just ranted and I was like, yeah, you know, probably to the wrong people. Thinking back now. Um, they kicked you out after 10 minutes. No, no. Um, they, they were more so just really curious. Well, I um, imagine they were they were probably, uh, you said it was a, like a, a mom and her, mm-hmm. her kid. Yeah. So they're probably like, good God, if we don't help this lady and her dog with her violin, these ruffians they, out here. They automatically assume that you're in trouble. I'll, I'll almost... Example, um, uh, we were near um, a, like a Longhorn uh, steakhouse and um, just kind of passing by and it was getting dark and, you know, you don't, you don't hitchhike in the dark. Right? Mm, I, was, I thought you were about to say you don't go to Longhorn after oh. dark. I was like, I know that, sister. <laughs> it's a hard place. Um, I met a lot of really nice people. The only people I'd never, or only person that was an asshole was actually a cop. Mm. Yeah. Um, not going to get in that discussion yet. Um, <laughs> and um, they're just at eleven. They're just really nice. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Longhorn. So this this family comes up, and one is one guy is like in uniform, and um, he's just oh no, he wasn't in uniform. He was just like really dressed up. And he's like, yeah, I just got my. Um, I'm going to be going into the army soon and my brother before he was like deployed to Iraq um he he did something nice for someone it's like a tradition like he did something nice for someone um so I'm gonna do something nice for you and I'm like I'm just standing here dude like they they just approach you um and assume that you know you're homeless you need food and I wasn't gonna be like no I actually have a car I just left it back in Tallahassee and just wanted to be a stubborn asshole and Hitchhike to New Orleans, you know, just for the hell of it. Um, right. So I, it's kind of an awkward situation. Uh, and then he goes and he was. Oh, they were coming out of Longhorn Steakhouse, and he gave me like this big like steak and like like this whole dinner. And he's like, "Here, that's for you." I'm like, "Oh God, did he spit in it?" Like, I don't know why these people like why are these people being so friendly. Another weird thing about hitchhiking is that like randomly people would. I didn't fly a sign, would just come up to you and hand you money. So that was, that was weird. Um, I wasn't going to say Do you think they would have done that for you if you were a man? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. I left out a very key part in this story. Mm. Um, I was hitchhiking with one of my friends named David, but we were... He was, like, further ahead of me than I was. Um, and so a lot of these times, whenever it was just me, and he was, like, going and getting food and, like, other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was it a tortoise in the hair kind of scenario? Where... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so many individuals would come up and be like, hey, do you need this? Do you need that? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, one, <laughs> bless her soul, um, one lady, she stopped me um, and tried to give me, like, this 50-pound bag of dog food. I'm like, I can't carry this. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, oh, gosh. Um, how am I gonna... <clears throat> and then there's this other individual. What if she had it, um, like somebody gifted it to her, and she's like, what am I ever going to do with this 50-pound dog? And then she sees you, and she's like, perfect. Yeah. I can 
finally give somebody this pedigree 40-pound bag of gravy train. If anything, if you're going to give a hitchhiker or a homeless person anything, give them socks. Like, mm, that's a good we point. Had, we had a group of um, individuals that like gave us food and gave us socks, and that was, that was a blessing. That was... I, I don't I don't even care about the food, but the food's okay. Um, but the socks and like the basic essentials was was awesome. So, um, where was I? Oh, Longhorn Steakhouse. He gave me the food. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? So how Just were you everyone... in New Orleans by this point? Look, I don't remember. I just remember specific like rides. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember like the sequence of events. I got you. Um, when I finally got to New Orleans, I was staying near Cafe du Monde, and... Is that the French Quarter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was staying underneath the wharf with a bunch of other street kids. Um, and it was, it was really crazy, because it was like this whole community of, of tattooed-faced, like, people, like, tattooed-faced, just kind of raggedy, not... Well, you know what I mean. They they looked like hitchhikers, like, um, and they were really cool. And um, I don't know, it was like a family. It was, it was being felt like it was you're part of this community with a special, yeah, um, <laughs> special needs, but so, not no, no, not, not special, special needs, needs. But it, um, it it is it is a it it is a, a tight knit like oh, group though. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Absolutely. Um, one of them was selling necklaces on the street and I was like, oh wow, that's so pretty. And I was like, can I buy one from you? And she, and mm-hmm. she was like, 20 bucks. I'm like, oh, I don't have 20 bucks because I only had 50, but I wasn't going to, I was going to tell them that. Um, <laughs> no. Oh no, well, hold on. By that time, I think I made another 60 or 70 dollars <coughs> just going there. Um, and just for what? I'm sorry. Sorry, just by just... <laughs> hitchhiking there Mm. um just random people like giving you money um and the guy that was with her and she's like or the guy who's like oh give her a discount like she's she's one of us and i was like oh i made it mom yeah yeah like if only they knew i was this kid that the soup like just i wasn't i was hitchhiking and appeared homeless by choice Mm -hmm. and that would have been really insulting um yeah. yeah. There's um, there's one uh, South Park episode where you know Cartman convinces some of the boys to go be pirates in Somalia, <laughs> and upon meeting a um, one of the Somali pirates that's there, and uh, this is after they've gone on a couple of missions to show the pirates that like they can bring in a, a good haul, you know. Yeah. Uh, he asks him. He's like, he's like, why on earth would you want to be a pirate? He's like, he's like, none of us live very long at all, you know. And I think it goes to what we were uh, talking about earlier about like yeah. a death wish fetish and like the live, was... live fast mentality of uh, post pubescence adulthood. And because like we carry so much like on us coming out of puberty psychologically. I, I feel like I was just incredibly idealistic, you know. Mm-hmm. I. I was like, I don't need money, I don't need food, I don't need, you know, any of that. Um, I just want to be free, you know? I don't want to live like that. 
or well, you know, live by the normal standards. Right. Um, and then um, on the third day, on the third day, the the wharf got raided by by cops, and uh, I called my mother. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. Before that, after it got raided, um, I was hanging out out like near the wharf, but not like underneath it. Mm-hmm. And one of the cops, the one asshole. Uh, no, actually, the second asshole. The first ass. Sorry, I switch between stories a lot. Um, it's okay. I um, have never really been good at uh, f- following um, uh, what, scripted dialogue too well, anyways. Um, um, li- little scatterbrained okay, okay. here. Oh, always. Um, well, the the cop uh, or a cop walked up to me. And I had me and my dog, Cheyenne, uh, who's this 120-pound wolf-looking like mm. husky. Beautiful, beautiful dog. Is it uh, Ma- Malmute? Malmute. Um, I think she was maybe mixed with like maybe a little border collie. But I she, remember she looked, pictures. She looked like, she's very, a gorgeous dog. She looked dog. so unique. And I would have people like come up and try to pick. Like, in New Orleans, um, I was playing my violin on the street. Like People would come up and like try to take pictures and like take pictures with her. And I had one night, I was like, that's the dog from Game of Thrones. Just, <laughs> okay. Um, Ten dollars for a picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this cop like comes up and after the he's like after, after the after the raid after the raid um, and because they had everyone lined up and was like where are you going you know give me your information like they were scanning it was, it was probably like I don't know thirty people underneath that that wharf. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, if I'm going to come back here in, um, I don't know, I think he was like in a couple hours. And if you're still here, I'm taking you to jail and I'm taking your dog to the pound and it will be euthanized. Because um, we, we don't, we don't just, we'll euthanize it. And of course, I am the type of person that likes animals way more than people and she she was like my child like I love love my dog um and I was like well uh I'm not I'm not gonna risk that like I don't if he comes back or not like that's not something you know and he asked me for like all her papers which you know I like to think ahead and I had all of her vaccines like everything he's like well at least you take care of your dog but if you're still here then we're we're gonna euthanize her I'm like all right so then I call my mom up and I'm like hey um so, she's like, "You can say it." And I'm like, "You were, you were right. I was, I was, I was wrong. Um, could you come and get me?" And so she got gas in my car and drove to New Orleans and was there in six hours. And that was the end of hitchhiking. And not even a week later, I um I get a call from one of my friends, and he's like, "Hey, um, what are you doing today?" You know, the same thing I do every day. Try to take over the world. Um, I was like, not that much. And he's like, you have a job interview. A what? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, like two. Looking at my phone. <laughs> um, t- today? Yeah, yeah. Just just go and, you know, be yourself. <laughs> That's an awful idea. <laughs> um, and... Lo and behold, I get this, you know, this job and slowly over the years have become 
what was is oh I, you know fuck the government fuck you know living like that like no I don't want any of that too yeah I'm you know I work for a living I have a great credit score I do my budget on an Excel spreadsheet now and it's just it blows my mind sometimes of how much individual how much I've changed in the past you know 10 years you know from just yeah yeah so whenever I was like 18 19 I, I thought I knew everything already like I had already I'd already sussed out the world I didn't lose my fucking virginity until I was 18 so how the fuck like smart oh, could I really twinsies. be ah shit <sighs> I mean, like, I, I still eventually became a slut anyways, but, I mean, you know, at least I waited. Take that. I had this whole Take that, of church. Elvis promise. <laughs> Premarital sex, my ass. I was like, oh, man, growing up, you know, I told my mom, yeah, I'm going to wait for marriage. And I, I said that, like, and meant it for a long time. Um, and I remember one time at a convenience, that was a convenience store. Somewhere. That's, I was going to say, that's actually where I lost my virginity. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's not, that's not true. That's a lie. I'm sorry. And this, uh, this lady was like, yeah, you say that now. Just wait. And my mom was so pissed. But she was right. I, mean, I had a, my um, first like real job that wasn't um, like you know yard work mm-hmm. and getting paid for that. Um, was in the restaurant industry, service industry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it taught me a lot. Um, it taught me after 10 years of working in the service industry, I did not want to be in the service industry anymore. Um, but I, uh, they don't I, get paid nearly enough. No, they don't. They don't. Um, um, it's a hard job. I, I have pretty uh, much. I, I've lost respect for a fair amount of people just from seeing how they treat other people that are that are working especially in the service industry at the same time if you suck at your fucking job as a uh, in a member of the the service industry i'm the same way with like i got i was raised by a parent mm-hmm. or by a parent i was raised by a parent damn it. <laughs> no I, I was raised by one of my uh, one of my parents being a teacher mm-hmm. right and so like i had like i had a, a high um uh, what should I call it? Standard for lack of a better term for like how a teacher like should be mm-hmm. like. Um, so I mean it was it's kind of kind of the same way, but um, I forgot where I know we were on the convenience store. Oh, uh, we, we were talking. Oh, about just wait. Oh, yeah. So individuals that suck at their job. Right. Uh, hold, right. hold on, I'm going to reply to that. Um, if you don't, okay, like I can completely understand someone quote unquote sucking at their job because mm-hmm. they don't get paid any like. I would I wouldn't give a crap about my job. Well, I wouldn't give a crap about my job if I wasn't getting paid like anything. And the customers yelled at me all the time. Like there's just no motivation there. Mm-hmm. Not not notwithstanding, that's still they have peers that they work with that are in the same predicament and bust their ass. True. So true. and I know because I spent like a decade working in that industry. So like, but that's not the point. Yeah. The point was one night. As I'm as I'm waiting tables, I spent most of it in the kitchen. But when I was when I was younger and uh, a lot uh, a lot uglier for some reason, I was out to the public and they let me near like families, you know, like they let me bring them food and everything, looking like this. So it was really gracious that they they're like, all right, let's give him a shot. Let's see if he can handle talking to people. I had my eyebrow pierced like white trash at the time, oh. so I uh, they made me cover it with a band aid. 
It only fell off once, but it fell off in somebody else's salad, not my table's. So. Um, my, my first job, I mean, other than cleaning and babysitting, was um, security guard. I had Damn, a, that's I had a boss a, first job. I had a, <laughs> um, my interview was really cool. It was the same one from whenever I, yeah. Um, I go in there, and the guy has this computer screen up, um, our wallpaper. And I'm like, that's some, that's a... Uh, cloud sword from final fantasy 7 and he's like yeah you're hired like i just i literally just walked in there <laughs> my buddy was i mean he was right he was like be yourself and that's what i said and he was like okay cool hired and then i got a position as a security guard <laughs> <laughs> like didn't check you know no no drug tests no um <coughs> nothing just hey but I, I was good at my job i was very good i got in trouble once um because a very higher up um, who had retired came in and I had to like, I had to make sure everyone had, you know, a badge and he came in and he was like, Hey, I'm here to see so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, do you have any identification? And he was just like, so insulted that I, this, you know, what was time? Maybe $8 an hour individual um, <laughs> was asking who this person was. I'm like, I haven't been there for like more than a couple of months. Like, who, the, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are. Um, and then he told the individual he was meeting with and that individual went down and like, I got mad at my, my boss and my boss was like, she was only doing her job. Like, can't get mad at her. So I guess I didn't really get in trouble, but it so was. So wait, who was, who was the guy that was questioning you? Like, who was he? Did, was he like a higher up or something? He was a... Um, Commissioner, um, I don't remember the name, but it was like this old white, like old cranky white dude. Mm. I mean, I know those. They're very descriptive. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. The, I'm the, sorry the, for having a racist on my show, everyone. I didn't realize it was going to be about. I, hey, I can't. I can't be racist. I'm half Mexican and half white, so I. <laughs> I can make, I can make fun of both of them. Mm. That does, like, on a, a public note, right, it does give you a wider range for humor, which, like, like there's so, there's something to that, I think, just from, because uh, we both enjoy, like, the philosophy of humor, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because, like, there's a lot of things that, like, not to speak for you, but from what I gather, that um, you enjoy and you're like, that is funny, and yet you don't spasm from laughter, right? So, like, a lot of times with me rhetorically, or even watching movies, mm -hmm. like, I'll watch, like, Wes Anderson movies. I don't know if I've ever laughed out loud at anything other than maybe the fantastic Mr. Fox, but it's a cartoon. I've never seen that. It's, it's, I don't know uh, how people spend that much time with, like, stop-motion animation, but... I guess maybe you have a budget like Wes Anderson, you can really like mm -hmm. do something fantastic with it. Um, it's definitely worth a watch if you like Wes Anderson movies. But um, so this couple, sorry, I just dropped the ball. That wasn't a, that was a stick. Oh, no. that's the leg of the chair. Yeah. Oh. It's... Oh, it's, oh, it's one of the horizontal ones. I thought it was the, the vertical ones. Like, oh my lord. Um, I'm balancing. So this couple, um, I had shown them in my uh, 
what the hell is it called? It's in the, in your server apron, your little book. You know what I mean? They call it something. At least certain restaurants are like like like. Oh, you seen your flapjack? <laughs> <laughs> like they'll, they'll they'll have like some like like nomenclature for it that is like just specific to that chain. You yeah. know, or it's like like ah, oh, everybody make sure you got your apple book up. <laughs> what? But anyway, in it I had like a. I had like a picture of like my first band CD and like my first like girlfriend or something. Yeah. And this couple, they were um, probably in their 50s. She was maybe in her 40s, you mm-hmm. know, but he was definitely in his 50s. And they just sort of looked at each other and like smirked on the far side of the table away from me, right? To where I quote unquote could not see. And uh, just looked back at me and just like, well, just wait. So. I had a, speaking of waiting tables, there was one time I was telling, um, it was, uh, it was on a Sunday, right? And Sunday, 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 the church crowd comes out. Will you get a tipper or will you get someone that thinks you should have been at church by golly? Because that's normally the two polarizing figures on a Sunday as far as like waiting tables. Mm-hmm. Um, Notwithstanding, I was usually always in a good mood because, like, hey, like, you, there's an energy about that many people and earlier in the day, mm-hmm. right? And plus, like, I like I, I like people, even as old and curmudgeonly as I've become, I still like, like, that energy of people. There's something to it. And waiting tables is a kind of yeah. like you talk about with meeting strangers on the road. It's the same way with, you know, working in the service industry if you're front of house. But this... uh this couple came in with an older gentleman, mm-hmm. and they um, they asked something uh, about my accent because they were like, uh, "Yeah, you've got a peculiar accent. It's not, you know, South Georgia or whatnot." And uh, I was like, "I was like, yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're right. I was, like, my family's from West Virginia, and we came down to Georgia whenever I was younger. So mm-hmm. I've got like a, a peculiar drawl on top of like this newscaster sort of." Uh, uh, how would you call it? Phonetic approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, from that, we just start conversation. The old man doesn't really say a damn thing. He's just sort of just like, need bread. <laughs> you know, like, more water, please. <laughs> very, very uh, concise. As they're, uh, they uh, asked, my dad was military, and that's what brought us down here. I was like, well, my dad, my dad was military, but um, he... After he got out of the military, he was working for the railroad. He worked for both at the same time, but after he was done and came back from uh, the Gulf War, mm-hmm. he just worked for the railroad, and the railroad is what brought us down to Georgia. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, you know, let's get some boxes and we're ready to go. I'm like, all right, sweet, cool. So go box them up. I, I know that, like, based on our conversation, I'm either going to get a, a really awesome tip or it, it's going to be like one of the one of the church cliches of just like, like, oh, here's a dollar. I had a lady one time call me a thief because I didn't bring her a penny back. She chased me down to the kitchen. I hadn't had time to return to the table. She sat by herself at a, a six top and demanded that uh, she be able to sit there because that's where she wanted. And my manager was like, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Nice guy. But um, anyway, um, that's irrelevant. There, I go and I bring them their... Uh, you know, their check and their boxes and uh, ask if they need anything. And they're like, like no, you know, here's, here's your, your 
flapjacker or whatever the book is called back and uh, I turn and the old man grabs my arm as uh, they're standing up and not in a forceful way mm-hmm. but he grabs my arm and it scares me and then I feel this warmth weird as it is rush over me and he looks me dead in the eye and he said a name of a date and a location in a different part of the world, a particular hill. And then he said, Jesus Christ saved my life that day. Thank you very much for your hospitality. And walked away. And it was one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced from a stranger. And the name Jesus Christ is just used to invoke Mm-hmm. Like what he felt, right? And that's that's the best way I can describe what good Christians are, is that the best way they can describe the most positive magnetic force in the universe has a name, and it is Jesus Christ. So, like, I get what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've been around religious people all my life that have used and misused that name before. But this, from a complete stranger, and it wasn't the shock of him grabbing me. Mm-hmm. It was just the overall experience of him and sitting with this couple. The couple engaged me in dialogue, and he was just almost like an objective third party the whole time. Like a trinity, that mm-hmm. I was conversing with a trinity. And then him channeling and wishing me a good day. Like, he didn't shake my hand. He, he grabbed me gently on my forearm. And that's where he held on to me. And that's where he let me know as one human being to another that, like, he appreciated my time today. And, like, that was mind-boggling. And then I remember later on that day having, like, one of the worst experiences <coughs> of waiting tables. Because nothing else was, like, even comparable. Like, he had he all the juice of dopamine and serotonin and mystical powers that I could feel feel in my body physiologically that day he already provided to me and then he wished a religious blessing on top of it mm-hmm. to me and I still remember that gentleman like I, I, I could my art skills are kind of down I'm rusty mm-hmm. but I know that if I focused enough and I would do enough iterations and reiterations of drawing him I could sculpt him out again I can remember the man vaguely the woman I can only remember she was blonde Mm-hmm. And it was not natural blonde, but like, like, honey, it was blonde that day because it was like Sunday church, you know, and the man was clean shaven and the gentleman was clean shaven. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was the father of Randy or Sharon Marsh, <laughs> but like, that's like, that's what it was. Yeah. And, and like, it was, there, there's something to that interaction with strangers. And I think whenever you're younger, you're you're more open to it, but you're also more susceptible to the dangers of it. Mm -hmm. So I can see where this asshole cop at the wharf, after after, uh, seeing that like, oh, this isn't some dope fiend out here with her dog, like, you know, hooking like under the wharf. It's somebody who has fucking papers off their dog. (laughs) Like that he was probably like, yo, Get the fuck out of here. Like, he has likely either... It's probably a mixture of both. I'll say this. Mm -hmm. If it's not either, then I'd say it's a mixture of both. Either runs gang shit down there or has seen gang shit down there. And that's normally the way it, it, it goes whenever you have 
an asshole cop mm -hmm. that even afterwards, not, they're not bringing violence to you. They're just bringing authoritarianism to you. And it doesn't make it, it's slightly better than the violence they are implying that they will bring to you. If you were a man in that instance, I imagine it would have escalated. Well, uh, yeah, I, I really think it would because I have gotten away with with a lot of stuff for being female, I think, um, especially in those situations. Um, well, I mean, to your yeah. benefit, thank goodness, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like... yeah to my benefit. Um, yeah. Because uh, that, that's, that's, that's a long way to be from home. Like, that's, it was... what, about four or five hundred miles, maybe? To, from Tallahassee in New Orleans. Yeah. That's a long way. Yeah. That's a long... If shit hits the fan, what are you going to do? You and know? I was lucky enough that that was the only thing that, like, actually, you know... I, I don't re I don't regret it. Um, but, like, whenever I tell people, yeah, I've hitchhiked, they're like, oh, wow. That, excuse me. That's so cool. And then, like, but it was only for three days. So they're like, oh, this is for three days. Um, mm. I don't know. Well, I mean... Yeah. I was, I was very fortunate, though. I, I, I think it's... I never fucking hitchhiked. My dad, um, he said in his younger years, he hitchhiked to go see a band called Ten Years After. Ten Years After, um, they were in the Woodstock documentary. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember. They're, they were one of the night performers. And it was... Um, uh, I know you're not a... Um, like as much of a guitar nerd as I am, but as far as like the guitar work that was being done mm -hmm. was like for that year, for 1969 and what he was doing was more of like showing like where metal was going to be going as far as lead dynamic, like, yeah. like string instrument playing, like distortion, like, and not like, like kind of groovy, like Santana, like distortion, but like, no, this was like, like, like a razor type of like, like a, tone that was going on and my dad hitchhiked from i think from huntington west virginia and it may have been somewhere in ohio i don't know i don't even know if he knows at this <laughs> point. but to detroit to just to go see this band and that's pretty awesome well i mean like so yeah like like it's something i've never done and like like i'm mid-30s now the likelihood of me having like that sort of adventurous spike to be like you know what i'm gonna go and i'm gonna hitch a ride today Unless I have to, is probably not going to happen. You know, like I, my 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 adventuring of that sort of rebellious spirit, mm -hmm. like. Um, I I don't on. think I would ever do it again. Definitely and, a different place, especially so like, this year. Little yeah, little different yeah, place. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I I've gone back to New Orleans um, a few more times after that. Mm -hmm. And, um, cause I told my friend, I was like, yeah, I haven't been back to New Orleans since I hitchhiked there. You know, it just, I don't really celebrate my birthday. Um, cause I just always get really depressed on my birthday. And she was like, you know what? We're going to go to New Orleans. And I'm like, do you want to hitchhike there? Is that, is that what we're, we're doing? She's like, no, absolutely not. We're going to, we're going to get a hotel, a nice one, and we're going to enjoy it. Um, and I did, it was, it was really nice. Um, I mean, I would have still been cool with hitchhiking at that time, um, but she was insistent on otherwise. <laughs> um, How many times she, have you done hitchhiking journeys? Journeys? Uh, that was just my only only one. That was the only one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the same friend that um, 
has banned me from booking any any trips whenever we go on any road trips uh, because I'm very cheap and there was well twice where I booked us at the cheapest hotel I could find and she's like we're not staying here this is awful and it was just like you know busted windows and it it was not good hotels <laughs> at the time but I was you know uh, I was naive for a long time I think uh, I mean still kind of am but um She's like, nope, sorry, I'm I'm booking the hotel from now on after the last incident because um, we had I think there was like homeless people uh, one time like homeless person like knocked on our door and I was like hey can y'all spare any change or anything like that I'm like we're in a hotel dude like it was just it was really uncomfortable um yeah I uh I don't know I think I would uh, I'm the type of person that would uh, just. I'll sleep in a car, and like if it comes down. Like I've 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 been without a home before, but I've had a car to sleep in. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's been nights when I didn't have a home that I also didn't have a a, a roof mm-hmm. to sleep under as well. You know? That's rough. So, so well, I mean, it's it wasn't for a prolonged period of time, but I mean, like I had I had a vehicle nonetheless. So like if I was like there 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 was a time where I was just sort of trying to find myself whilst also trying to find my geographical location because I was up around in Jersey and sometimes I would just be like, I'm just going to go for a drive. Like, mm-hmm. cause like that's what I, I, I'll do down South. <laughs> like, like There's I'm, something I'm really just gonna... therapeutic about just going for a drive and listening to music. Oh, totally. Like I find solace in yeah. being in, and because there is danger with it. Like, don't tell me that it's like, oh, you're just going for a drive. How dangerous is it? It's like one of the leading causes of how people die in the fucking uh, America, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's pretty dangerous. Um, I'm not also saying like, that as like, like you know, yeah. I'm putting on goggles and cape yeah. blowing in the wind. I really enjoy like going for drives around, I don't know, um, 2.30, 3 in the morning because like no one else is on the road. And I can blare my music as loud as I want. And you know, kind of just rock out, and no one's gonna give me weird stares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, time. It it kind of depends on the time of year, though. I've learned from uh from uh you know living more out in a rural uh, area that uh you know deer, whenever they're um uh what do they call it in a rut, mm-hmm. I guess you know whenever uh, they're horny, they'll just strut out into the road and just sort of like stare at you like oh How what you doing? i was coming around the curve uh here and i i live on a pretty pretty long you know stretch of straight road you yeah. know but you know at at the at the ends of it it's it curves pretty uh, pretty sharply and i came around the corner and there's just a deer just looking at me with his ass his butthole just pointing right to the car and like, like I drive like a bitch, anyways. Like, like I'm such a grandma whenever I drive. Like, like it, it came from years in my twenties of riding dirty. So like, I, I never wanted to get caught riding dirty, you know. Yeah. Or like, whenever I was drinking, you know, I would drink and then like try to drive home, which is fucking stupid. Oh, absolutely. But you know, thank God, I, I never wrecked, never hurt anybody, never hurt myself, and never got arrested from it. I mean, I don't, I don't drink booze, like, anymore, unless it's, like, 
have to be a special occasion for me to be like, you know what, I'd like, I'd like some booze. I, I had, as we were talking earlier, I had alcohol when my, uh, when my grandma died uh, on Memorial Day, I, but that was like two weeks after she died, and I just wanted to get out of the house and just something, you know? Um, but I had a place to stay. We walked home, like, safe, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Safe enjoyment. Safe. safe. So I'm, I'm a, such, a, such a baby when it comes to driving because I'm like, like, now it's like, I don't want to get a fucking ticket. I don't want to get pulled over and, like, then talk to me. Like, I just want to get home and, like, I come around the corner and there's this deer and I miss him, but like, like I could seriously, if my window was down when I'm driving, because I, like you said, like my music is blasting. I don't care about the car behind me getting upset that I'm driving too slow around yeah, on, the, yeah. on like these country roads at night. Don't care at all. And then come around and there's fucking horny ass deer, no pun intended, standing huh. in the road. And I could reach out and, like, I could have, if going slow enough, I could have, you know, pet the deer while I'm coming by. But I was going, like, like 45, like, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. And, like, my, I felt, like, my vehicle, like, turn and, like, the car behind me, like, it swerved as well. It's fucking, like, scary as shit. What's crazy, though, in Jersey, they don't hunt them in Jersey, right? So they don't give a fuck whenever they're in a rut. They'll be on the interstate. Oh my god! Like we were, it was the the Phillies uh, won the World Series in I think two thousand and eight, right? And we're we're right across the river from Philadelphia, and, but they had um they had had to split the game because of rain, and so they had to do like three innings, like the next day. Mm-hmm. So they win, and my roommates are like, "Let's drive into Philly." And, like, uh, you know, go join the mob. I was like, that sounds like a fucking cool idea. Sign me up. So we hop in the car. And, you know, of course, I, you know, we've got, like, you know, like, we've been drinking. Like, there's blunts, like, rolled in the car and whatnot. And, like, there's nobody's really on the interstate like they should be because of the World Series. So it's not abandoned or anything, right? But it's just... It's it's not it's not heavy traffic. It is night though, but we see like fucking deer just like strolling across, and like this is my first like autumn or winter up mm-hmm. there, and I, I asked him. I was like I was like I was like yo man, that's this fucking normal. Just like oh man, fucking deer's are asshole up here, man. <laughs> like holy shit. But yeah, they'll. Uh, I've I've had some really close run-ins. Um with you but I've always managed to like sway away um I've only hit two animals like with your fists oh no 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 I've, no, hit, no. I've hit oodles oh I would never with my car <laughs> um by accident <laughs> I'm gonna state oh. that um <laughs> never mind one was a rabbit uh kind of unavoidable but the other one I hope it lived was an owl ooh ooh uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was just, I was driving, it was dark, um, and all of a sudden, you know, something swoops down at my windshield, and just, I could see its face, and its wings, like, spread out, like, how's it going? And then it flipped backwards onto the roof of the car, and then, like, 
I'm not sure what happened to it. I didn't look back. Um, Man. But... Like the next. That sounds like it sounds like the other owls in that owl neighborhood tricked the dumbest <laughs> owl into thinking that he could pick up your car. <laughs> you know, maybe. Like, not for real, Greg. Just swoop down there. Just you gotta go as hard as you can, though, man. Oh man, yeah, that poor thing. Oh my the, gosh. Uh, you know what crazy thing about? Um, it left a mark on my windshield. How like, the, it, was like, it was like dust. I don't. I don't know. Like it, it was like a. It was like a handprint, but of a bird. <laughs> like you could see the outline of its wings and its terrified face, but only if you look at it with the right kind of lighting. You know. The uh, <laughs> cra- crazy thing about owls. Good job, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy thing about owls. The crazy thing about owls is like how quiet they are whenever like. They they swoop mm-hmm. like there was. I was at my parents' house one night, and they, uh, you know, they they live in a community, you know, like suburbia or whatnot. But um, like they've got a, a fenced-in you know backyard in the neighborhood, and they've got this like like alcove of like they used to be shrubs and trees, mm-hmm. like you know, but now it's like a towering like alcove in the middle of a neighborhood. It's pretty cool and because like all all the neighbors like I guess there's four backyards. So all of them like kind of have like this, like sort of uh, natural uh, alcove going on in the back. Yeah. But uh, there's a um, on the other sides of the neighborhood they get like deer a lot, but my parents would get owls. Like they get owls, and I'm like in the backyard peeing one night. I'm I'm like house sitting for them, and like there's there's just something really Wait, fantastic. There's there's just okay. something really fantastic about going out in the backyard. In, in the moonlight and just sort of standing there sky clad and you know just 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 peeing just taking a pee I'll have to try that you know one time yeah I live in an apartment though so it might not be well mm. yeah um, I, I can't advise you on how to how to how to relate to to the backyard peeing when, if you're uh, especially if you have like a your Back porch is like a, a balcony, especially if it's a wooden balcony. <laughs> we're on the we're on the you second mean, we're on the second floor, so I could just like hang off of it and fucking my neighbors. Oh God, you're one of those neighbors. Hey, they started complaining about us first. And <laughs> <laughs> anywho, peeing on uh, peeing on neighbors' property aside, um, so I'm I'm there and uh, you know just sort of basking. And I'm about to finish up, and I feel this breeze, like, but it's not a breeze. It's like a... And it's, like, on my uh, my right ear and, like, the back of my neck. And as I'm turning to, uh, to look at what it was, I see the owl is already in front of me. Silent. That's not wild. not not a sound, and it swooped it, like it swooped down. I'm not near the tree line. It swooped down by my head, and then swoops up over the roof of the house. All right, so I I remember because I was um you know I was I was high at the time, and I I I was like I was like I'm gonna run the store and get some like Cheetos or, or some <laughs> something, and I have a really cool recipe. If you're behind, like, of with, Al, with, che- with Cheeto che- Al casserole with, with, with Cheetos. Okay, so, continue though. All right, sweet. Um, but as I'm like uh, outside, I had um, I had a Jeep at the time, a Jeep Wrangler, right? 
So um, I was like uh, taking the doors off of it so I could enjoy the night air of, you know, mm-hmm. driving three blocks to, to get Cheeto. And the owl, as I'm leaving, the owl swoops back by like my head again. Like as I'm like backing out of the driveway, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm like, I'm like, fuck, was that the owl again? And I, I back out going uh, to to the left. Mm-hmm. Like my butt's going to the left as I'm coming out the driveway. And I look and now he's on top of my parents' mailbox just sitting and watching, looking at me. I'm like, holy cow. Ow. 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 Holy cowl. Holy cow. But it was it was really peculiar though. Yeah. Like I've never had like an owl get that close to me before. Like especially in like a neighborhood or mm-hmm. something. And I'm a I guess I'm mystical enough to the point where like I I believe that the idea of spirit animals or consciousness that we can interact with on deeper than just a oh you're a living being level. I believe that that is in the animal kingdom and at multiple levels as well. You know, yeah. even um, I think it was a depiction of maybe it was in Hindu cosmology of um, the uh, the monad or the supreme uh, consciousness being is um, I think it's depicted in one of the Christian texts as well. Maybe it's Enoch, but it's a four. It's a headed. It's like an Alex Gray thing. So it's a a, a, a headed beast that's got like four faces on it, four heads of four different beasts on it. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to represent the four different natural supreme personalities. And of course, if you think about that, then one of them would have to be a beast, like like a bear, a I mean, lion, the, a tiger. The id? Are we talking about now? The id? Yeah. Like as far as like id, like Freudian psychology? Yeah, could be the beast. I, 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 I can understand that. You know, it's, it's the part of you, it's just, I mean, animals... I mean, they do have personalities and such, but, like, a lot of it is, you know, animal instincts, mm-hmm. you know, um, the id being that, you know, just basic needs, no no filter, you know? No consideration for anything except the self. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um... It is the id, right? I'll have to Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, um, the uh, super ego is, as far as uh, Freud's concept, uh, is your your morality right you're like your code of ethics that mm-hmm. that's instilled in you from from your parents and your ego is how you try to justify satisfying your id with your code of ethics or your code of morality and um like i i, I can get behind that i like like most like most things i find the concept of a trinity mm-hmm. to be the as far as what we and maybe it's because we're only third dimensional but it's because like that's the simplest greatest conceivable thing we can come up with is it's not a cube Mm -hmm. right it's it it would be um something that's based off of a triangle in the uh was it a, a polyhedron it's like shapes the pyramid right a pyramid can have uh uh, four shapes to it, mm-hmm. but it's based off of a two-dimensional design of like a triangle. But um, I, I don't know how that. I wish I knew a lot more about like uh, sacred geometry and things of that nature, and um, to tie that in. 
with uh, how I sort of under, understand the world as is. Not saying that I understand it correctly, but just, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know that much about the numerology of things like that, so can't help you there. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I do have the theory of numbers and people that I've told you about, but yeah. Re- remind me uh, again about that. Remind you again. Okay, I'm going to sound super crazy. but That's each... okay, I've been there before. Oh, oh cool. Um, so, I, I don't know, whenever I see someone, you know, I get to know them, I imagine, you know, their life as a sequence of numbers, and each number represents um, certain events in that life. And there are predetermined numbers, which is like, you know, your DNA, you know, um, and then the, like nature and nurture. And then nurture, you know, can change that combination of numbers. And we all start off at zero, but each each individual is unique, and there's similarities in the sequence of numbers, but not, you know, they're not the same because no one's ever the same, you know. Yeah, we're we're dynamic. Even our our bodies is just a temporal vehicle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's I, I can I can get behind like mystical ideas even at, at that as far as like uh, you know people being numbers and being a unique sequence of numbers. Um, I w- I would think that that's there's even some truth to that. I saw. Um, a, a YouTube video, you know, like <laughs> people heckle. I know it's not like credible or whatever. Is but, it peer reviewed? Um, I don't think there is uh, any empirical data to uh, to uh, you know review against it. But uh, you know, I'm I'm no scientician. I'm I'm no mathematist. You know, I'm I'm just a dude, just a a dude who. Uh, finds things interesting but this guy um he um made a video talking about this uh research paper that was done in the early 90s whenever it was before i guess the internet had become so publicly aware like 95 96 that's mm-hmm. that's kind of when like it was like email <laughs> what's this email thing you got mail <laughs> you've got mail you <clears throat> I think my mom, for the longest time, had Barry White programmed on her AOL. That's great. <laughs> You've got mail, baby. Um, but this guy had a paper um, wherein he talked about that you can represent everything. If you can represent everything in life as a vibration, that means you can represent everything in life as a waveform, essentially. Because that's what vibrations, that's that's an, uh, an analytical or graphical way that we can display a vibration even with working with sound in a mm-hmm. computer it comes out as like sine square triangle waves like it's oh, it's yeah. a it's a waveform right so he started unpacking this idea that then if you're a waveform you would have to think about ideas as far as things being predetermined or chaotic right you there there would have to be something in there so it's it's a uh, this is before the matrix, but I guess it's it's it would be in line with the same uh, idea about a simulation theory, mm-hmm. or like a, a we're in a a hologram or a computer program or something to that degree. Which I, I don't think that's a ridiculous like theory. I think that it like uh, intelligent design relies on a programmer. So I think both of both of those are sort of interesting. That aspect they both sort of rely on being able to 
inflexibly uh, break programming that that the quote unquote gods have given you. You know what I mean? Like there's things that can be done. So this is like a precursor for this sort of philosophy with it, where he's uh, this. Fuck, I wish I could remember his name, but he talks about that for something to be coincidental or uh, predetermined it would have a completely different waveform than from something that is chaotic and uh, un unwieldable something that is um, you cannot ever predetermine the happenstantial completely so one of uh, them is if you take a sine waveform of somebody speaking a sentence mm -hmm. and you look at it you can see the way the waveform goes up and down and you can see how dynamic it is and how it's not straight lines sometimes you'll have little gremlins in the waveform mm -hmm. that sort of pop in and out of existence like where the fuck does that even come from i don't know um but it's it's still essentially you're taking acoustic energy of human speaking converting it into magnetic then to electric energy then back to magnetic and then back to acoustic energy through speakers. Cannot be created nor destroyed. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, so it's finding ways with the programming to work, right? So he talks about that for something to be a one or a zero, like Boolean, machine language, would have to be a square wave. Because a square wave, the compression and rarefaction, the different mm -hmm. parts of the, the waveform that are up and down, are full on, then full off. Then full, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, there, yeah. there is no uh, grade that goes between them. It is a Boolean or uh, a binary expression. And so he starts unpacking these ideas to show that life is actually made up of things that are and are not predetermined. But he then goes further and says that, however, you would have to, because of the basis of the things that are predetermined, you would have to have programming that can account for chaos and have a program or counter-program to run in the system based on conditions that would call for chaos or answer to chaos. And these would be predetermined waveforms, essentially. Like if-then statements? Exactly. Yeah, if-then statements. And so then he starts taking this and going to certain news stories that are like too unrealistic to be believable, yet it's not fake news. These are real stories that are just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, and one of them was, I believe it was in Los Angeles County. It's probably like 10 years ago this is the youtuber is taking this guy's report from 92 yeah. and unpacking these ideas right so he's looking at this news story of this guy who was married is a wife at home pregnant at like three something in the morning very late she says i want some ice cream and he gets up goes and gets her ice cream meanwhile in the skies, there is an airplane that, it's not a large airplane, I think it's a Cessna, mm -hmm. but it's flying over residential areas and has to make an emergency landing because it's crashing. It crashes on one vehicle on the highway, which happens to be this man who went and got ice cream for his pregnant wife. 
right? However, because of this, the um, programs essentially of the four people in the plane would be different yet would continue. The soon-to-be father is terminated, yet his life purpose has already been done, which would be for whatever programs are now in store for the mother and her child that were being raised. And he starts like looking at like everything philosophically from that of using chaos from programs that are already predetermined, yet they seem chaotic to us because we can have flexibility within the program to cause chaos as far as how it can physically be constrained. You need to send me that link. I wish I could find it. A lot, a lot of this, these like rogue YouTube videos, like YouTube does such a good job of running their fact checkers and debunker algorithms. Uh, there's a guy, uh, Zach Voorhees, I may have sent you something on him before. He used to work for Google as a uh, you have, you have as an as an AI uh, engineer, and something like snapped in him one day where he was like, "I'm gonna blow the whistle on Google and what they're doing," and he released their black book as far as what terms that when uh, when they're put into Google search forms, they don't trigger Google's normal algorithms. They go to a different set. Of programs and a different set of algorithms so meanwhile they they're still running their fact checkers and everything uh, for any story that comes across yet if you only run your fact checkers against an AI that is triggering based on searches of keywords and then your other one you can have your fact check be biased I would imagine you know what I mean because like if you put a conditional before you're doing an analysis, uh, an analytical breakdown, yeah. then you would be able to then, I imagine, pervert or um, <laughs> what will benefit one group versus another. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's similar with Facebook. It just shows you what you want. I mean, with Google, if I'm understanding you correctly. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. But but I mean like it's it's not just um like these aren't just like theories or anything like mm -hmm. there's one of the guys from Google had to testify to Congress and essentially committed perjury to Congress nothing has been done about it um, I forget his name it was like a few years ago but the reason to what I can understand is it doesn't gain any traction is because the people that they are essentially doing this to or being questioned by are either right-wing or they have said something positively about the president and like that's their game is to be like well like you know every, every, everything over there is just bad it's evil so that's essentially how they're able to take that mentality and market it to people and get away with running this like black uh, black book uh, type of uh, thing whenever uh, they tell Congress that you, their search results are not biased, and you can pay to have your search results be at the top. Like, you can literally pay Google money to be, like, the first search result. When uh, Short term, I was doing uh, counter girl stuff for a tattoo shop mm -hmm. as well as uh, uh, making paintings for a living. So I was just hanging out at the tattoo shop and, you know, answering phones and yeah. all that. 
you would always get like the same people that would call back and be like 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 hey like I know you've turned us down before but like we can get you to the top spot at Google for tattoo shop in the state of New Jersey and it's like ah, yeah dude like I, I can't make those decisions but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you no you know like we're not gonna do that but like you totally can they have ad space they now have to tell you that it's ad space yeah. But essentially, they still committed like perjury. Nothing, nothing's being done. Use go duck go. I do use duck duck uh, go. Duck duck go. go duck. Duck. What do you use? It's the same thing. I just duck, ducked duck. up the name. Oh, oh, but yeah, duck. <laughs> <laughs> I ducked up the name. <laughs> ducked up. Uh, it's okay. I've ducked up once or twice. But um, yeah, it's um, I'll, I'll use duck duck go to get past um. These, uh, these algorithms that essentially uh, like Google has like put in where if you look long term like where's the world going to be in the 22nd century well you and I are probably going to be dead before we get there I'm, I'm just I'm getting frozen I mean I don't, I don't know what <laughs> would you do cryogenic or goo and clones first what, what, what do you what do you think would be the wisest method um, you know I haven't that far, I just, you know, we'll get to it eventually. Mm. Yeah. I, I would be worried that the clones wouldn't have my eth- uh, etheric, my uh, magnetic body, you know what I mean? Mm. Like my app, it may have my consciousness, but con- like my body and spirit, you know what I mean? So it would only be my mind and my body. I would be worried my, con- uh, my spirit would like not go with the clone. And so, like, what a vampiric and hellish way to go through existence if that is the truth. You know, like, can never die, but, like, you're, you're not alive, truly. You know what I mean? You're only two-thirds yeah. of who you are. So, like, that's... that's they, a, I mean, if they implant, you know, let's say it gets that far, and they implant your memories into said clone, mm-hmm. like, is it is it still you? Is it not you? Like, if you have the same memories and the same... Or you thought you had the same memory. Well, well like, that's like, that's the argument, right? Is that it's your memories, it's your body, it's, like, your sounds, your talents, everything. But, uh, I, again, I think that's, um, that's how materialists sort of view the world, right? Is that, like, that's what we have. I know my mind, mm-hmm. and I know, like, my body. That, that's what it is. And, and that's, that's, that's not all, that, like, that it is if you sort of look into, like, transcendentalism. Where it's like, well, I mean, there's, there's, I, I don't buy atheism. There's, there's too much here that seems significant, and I've had way too many experiences from either, like, what we were talking about, fourth dimensional paranoia from like THC and like pot, yeah. where you just, you have I'm too an much. Atheist, but I mean, I have had like experiences, like, yeah. But I mean, psych, like psychedelic experiences have like, like, like with mushrooms or DMT, like. Like, oh no, like, I, like there's definitely more that is going on than what I can tell from just my mind and my body. So like, I believe that spirit does exist. There, there is mind, body, spirit. So that, that to me is like the clone argument is, and you know, granted there's conspiracies about clones in Hollywood that like some of them are kind of, kind of like little, they're far-fetched. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's better arguments for, that have there's better logical arguments that revolve around like flat earth than are around the clone factory. But the clone factory idea yet is not as controversial for people as, as the, uh, the former is, but, um, not 
point notwithstanding, um, I don't think that that would transfer over. I, th I think that only your material self, your mind and your body, would transfer over. I don't think your spirit would. So where would that put your spirit but in um, a state of uh, omnipresent astral projection? That's all you gotta yeah, say. Yeah, that's all I got. That's interesting. Um, well, I mean, you, you were you were reminding into me of a story. Um, oh gosh, it's it's. I I was told this in my logic class. Um, there's a ship, right? We're gonna call it ship A, whatever. I was gonna say friendship. Oh, okay. We're gonna call it the friendship. Okay, <laughs> so there's this there's this big wooden wooden ship. Um, and it's sailing across the ocean. Okay. Right? It's the friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and um, during their travels uh. to this other land, um, they have to keep making repairs to the ship. Okay. Um, so little by little, like, replacing, you know, the, the parts and, you know, just... And eventually, like whenever they get to um, where they were going, it's it's pretty much an entirely new ship. Now, someone else took all those parts that they took off the old ship and built a new ship. Which one is the original ship? Mm. I can't answer that question. It's like a um. Like how many how many holes does a straw have? Oh, right? I've heard this one. You know what my answer for that one is is zero. Yeah, no, there's no no holes because it's a, it's a it's a pipe. Yeah, the yeah. straw is how it is. It won't work if you have a hole in it, right? You ever had a hole in your straw? Can't suck your drink through the straw if you got a hole in it. Yep. So that logic. Pfft, be gone. It's, um, have you ever seen stuff on the, uh, the, I'm sure you have, the Mandela effect, Mandala effect, whatever it is. It's like the false memories where it's like, is it Berenstein Bears or Berenstain Bears? What's the last, uh, word of we are, or the last lyric of we are the champions? Did the Monopoly man have a monocle? And, oh my God. So it's, it's all these things that you presume you know, right? You don't really. And you don't. So there's arguments for it that the Monopoly Man in certain advertisements way back in the day did have a monocle. Uh, I think it was like pre-1960s, mm -hmm. like when it was still like heavily newspaper advertisement, not yeah. television so much. He had a monocle. Um, and the, the Queen lyric of We Are The Champions, most people say that like, how's it end? Because we are the champions of the world. And they're wrong because on the studio version of the album, Whenever uh, News of the World, I, th I think that was the name of the album it was on, came out, um, it ends with there still being tension at the end of it. With, because we are the champions. And it holds that note. It doesn't end. So people will use this as a quote-unquote gotcha to be like, oh, so, yeah, are we in a parallel universe or something? And like it's it's not. No, I just don't know Queen. Um, well, here's the thing: is that Queen, Queen wasn't huge and wasn't at the point of like having a movie. I haven't watched Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't really 
since uh, getting into like Epstein and like that sort of Hollywood pedogate stuff like five years ago, I've, I've sort of just like not been interested at all. But notwithstanding, um, even before that, Queen didn't have a revival like that until um, Live Aid came around, and then they got a really big revival. And at the performance and all of their concerts, where they started like doing like Wembley, uh, Wembley Stadium and like like big like packed stadiums, mm-hmm. they would the last because they would have the crowd sing with them. They would always end We Are the Champions with Of the World. So they also have, aside from the studio pressing, dozens of other pressings of the song released with how it ends. So it's actually the exception. And they're using the exception to create this straw man Mm. to trick people into thinking that this idea of a multiverse that we slipped into is like possible because oh yeah they it's they try to make it seem like it's um was a confabulation where you confuse other people's memories with your own or something but but it's really not it's just they're talking they're taking more recent marketing and using a counter of it to produce it but back with the queen revival so live a that was in the 80s they got they became popular again and then they fizzled out then the 90s they you had wayne's world and you had the scene where they sing Bohemian Rhapsody in the car. And it introduced my generation to like Queen. Like, like I, I, I love Queen. Like that album, Night at the Opera, that Bohemian Rhapsody is on, is fantastic as far as how like an album nerd like me, like whenever it was made, it was the most expensive album ever made at its time. It cost over $1 million in 1973 to make this album. Um, they had on certain songs where they had uh, so many overdubs and so many layers that the tape was translucent. You could see through the magnetic tape because it had gone through a spool so many times. Whenever they brought it out to remaster it for the digital age, um, the tape was so brittle that they had to bake it in an oven at a very, very low temperature in order for this adhesive bond between layers of this wound magnetic tape to loosen chemically, to heat up to where they would loosen, and then they would be able to unspool uh, the master tapes for Night at the Opera to be able to remaster them. So, and and nowadays, Queen is huge because you have the... um, it's kind of weird, and maybe it's not my place to speak on it, but, I mean, it kind of seems like a trend with LGBTQ as, like, a virtuous thing by default. And I don't understand that entirely as far as, like... Like, I understand as far as, like, like, like gay pride and stuff like that. Like, totally. I've got, like, gay people in my family. I don't, I don't give a shit, like, who you sleep with as long as they're consenting, they're adult, and they're human. I don't think those are, that's not intolerant of me to ask people, is that they consent, they're human, and they're adults. So other than that, like, I don't give a shit, but it seems to be marketed to people. Like, it seems to be marketed to kids in a way that I think cheapens that movement, and it also sort of makes gay culture in the America seem homogenous or anything that would not be quote unquote heteronormative be like like this is what it is that's it's not what it is it's how they're marketing it mm-hmm. right 
So even like like Freddie Mercury, like Freddie Mercury, like wasn't gay. He was just a fucking rock star. He slept with whoever the fuck he wanted to. You know what I mean? He liked he liked men. He liked women. It, it didn't it didn't fucking matter. The thing that was awesome about Freddie Mercury was his showmanship. Like that that's what you can have the most homophobic like redneck or hood dude imaginable, and yet they will have respect for Freddie fucking Mercury and like Queen songs. Because, like, that's some fucking, like, testicular fortitude that is in those songs. Like... Fat Bottom Girls. Like, I mean, come on. Like, if Fat Bottom Girls doesn't make you at least clench some part of your body in in the slightest bit, then you just don't have a soul. You just don't. Bicycle. As I say, the bicycle races, oh my goodness. Like, these songs are, like, beautiful. And... I'll, I'll see like like it's it, it, it's um it's a trend again right and I think they're tying it now into this trend of like uh, it's kind of the same way corporations do June with Pride Month they didn't do it too much this June because I don't know if anybody knows we got some other stuff going on in the country yeah than yeah. uh you know uh, marketing campaigns but um I I, I feel that like. Marketing stuff like this, it's sort of, and even like the um, uh, the Mandela effect, like because that's what it is. It markets, it's marketing a conspiracy theory to people that is not really a conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of the same way with like aliens, but aliens is definitely a conspiracy theory. Most people don't want to say it is because most people believe in aliens. But I, I feel that. Kind of like what is going on with, um, as far as how they market in Pride Month, and like they'll use like you know Freddie Mercury as like like like, oh like it's it's great. They'll applaud him because he was not heterosexual, and not because of like like the man he was or the talents or anything else. It's primarily because of that that they choose him for his champion, and that's. I think that does. I think that that mentality on a corporate level trickles down to the people it markets to, and I and, and that worries me about like where that can lead people down the road. We see the same thing in the early '90s with gangster rap and hood culture and the crime bill, and look what happened. What what was marketed to young black American males, you know. You know what I mean? Like it's so like I. It's a weird year <laughs> for all this stuff to be going on, <clears throat> but um, I, I think that the, uh, I don't know how we even got on Mandela Effect, does it matter? Um, we were talking about the friendship. The friendship! Yes. And about uh, you know, the uh, questions I guess you cannot answer, right? Conundrums. Just like the, oh, I have an answer for the half empty, half full, or um, glass half empty, half full, <coughs> like the pessimist, the optimist, you know? Mm-hmm. So, say you have an empty glass, right? Okay. And you fill it halfway full of water. Okay. And it's halfway full. Okay. If you have an entire glass and it's filled with water and then you take half out, it's half empty because you emptied water out. So, that's my logic behind that. Hmm. Hmm. See, That's, no, no, I like that because it's it got sense. like um, because you're taking something away versus adding. Yeah. Um, so the real question is, isn't you know, is the half is the glass half empty or half full? Is did you take some water from it or did you put some water in it? 
Okay, so let me see, just to see if I can understand where you stand, so you know I can try to empathize uh, like, like a, a, a rational human should. If you fill the glass all the way okay. to, your, to your liking, to where you say, like, this glass is full, and then you drink half of it, that glass is half empty. However, if you fill the glass halfway full, then the glass is half full. Is that correct? Hmm. It's it's audio. They can't they can't uh, hear you. Uh, hmm. Your hand gestures. I'm flailing wildly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, There's, I'm like one of those like inflatable hands. It's it's like, like inflatable. You know. Have you ever seen um, car parts? This may be disrespectful. I don't I don't mean it to be. Have you ever seen? Uh, uh, Vishnu walk across hot coals and all, or Ganesh and all their, uh, all the arms sort of go flailing. Yeah, that's how I'm, uh, I'm right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. Yes, good times. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we were, we were talking earlier about like, uh, you said you're a, a bit rusty, but like, uh, like, like, uh, tarot and, uh, uh, I guess, you, you, it's not occultism because there's a real occultism that, like, you know, is like kidnapping kids and fucking, like, you know, torturing and murdering them. It's not, so I don't want to say, like, occult stuff that you're into. You know what I mean? But it's, 10 years ago, it would have been, like, like occult stuff that you're into. You know, like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back whenever, you know, I was all into, you know, don't want a job, don't want anything like that. You know, uh, I was also, I guess, considered... Wiccan? Pagan? Whatever. Um, Pagan. Pagan. I was Pagan. <laughs> oh. She's, a, she's a little pagantic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did, like, I did tarot card readings, and I didn't, I didn't bring my deck with me, so mm. I'm sorry. Well, the, the whole goal I wanted you on here for was actually to have live tarot reading. Oh. Um, that, that's that's not true. I have, I have a friend that uh, they they actually uh, they have a uh, uh, I guess you would call it a podcast mm-hmm. I guess but like uh, he, he was telling me that uh, you know the the better half his wife or whatnot she she does like like t- uh, YouTube tarot or whatnot. And... Note that um, that that was many years ago for me and I'm like I still I play around with it because you know it's just fun to do mm-hmm. but it's not ever something that I'm like yeah I'm putting all my money on you know. Um, 10 years ago, I probably would have, but now just like with horoscopes, like I feel like, especially with horoscopes, you are what you read and you, you become that, Mm -hmm. you know? So then you're like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm a Scorpio, so therefore I'm this, this, and this. You meet someone else who's really into horoscopes and like, yeah, that person's this, this, and this, they must be a Scorpio, but you're that way because you read about what a Scorpio should be. Right. And you therefore form yourself into it. Um, you th- do you think it has to do with a lot of people that are, I mean, I guess we, we all try to find ourselves, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I'm, I've got a pretty good grip on who I am and who I want to be, but it took me a long time getting there, but. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, big ups to uh, G.O.D. for uh, making it all uh, not suck so much. You know, that was, 
That was mighty nice. Uh, but no, um, you know, we're almost indoctrinated with this culture of personalities, right? Celebrity culture, people to idolize, whom you should look up to, right? And if you really zoom out of it, and especially as far as like celebrities and actors were taught, maybe not overtly, but uh, taught nonetheless, to admire liars, people that are so good at convincing you that what is not true is really happening and who they are is really who they are and it's not who they are, that that's who we should listen to. Hmm? You mean actors? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, essentially that's what an actor is. is I mean, they become that thing. If, if, if that is like all, all they are, I think, I think that that culture promotes that um, because it's always looking for new talent that will do what they want and it's always going to have people wanting to be new talent for them to choose. Um, so I think aside from that, people will like look at aspects of you know, celebrities, entertainers, musicians, artists, dead or living, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll start to sort of piece their worldview from that. Um, and I think that some of those, some of those people that you're talking about, they're just like, like, oh, well, I'm a Gemini, so I'm, it's, I'm naturally bitchy. It's like, no, you're choosing to be an asshole is what you're doing. And you're just using your, you know... Sun sign as an excuse to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same sons of bitches do that to justify hurting people in the name of religion or, like, political ideology. You know what I mean? Like, you, your reason for hurting another human being is irrelevant in that regard. Yeah. Why did you, uh, why did you get out of tarot? Um... And not and it was it busy. just from getting older or it, was it, it was just... just I got I got busy and I started to get <coughs> into new hobbies like like video games and data analytics and just you know other stuff I was you know always busy working mm -hmm. full time school full time have a second job now that's you know it just I'm busy and uh, it just wasn't something that plus I didn't have other individuals who were also into it. So, you know, I just sat at my desk and, like, you know, play with my cards and be like, oh, this is cool. But I also was thinking that I shouldn't put a lot of, you know, thought into it or investment and be like, this is the future, you know? Right. Like, they're cool to look at. Like, it's fun. And oh, it's I love really... the artwork on it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, the magician. It's, it's really nice. There, um, was a, there was an old uh, Marilyn Manson album called Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, it was in 99. It was the post-Columbine album. Uh, so the... Uh, uh, in liner notes, the jacket in it for the CD at the time would uh, fold out long panel, right? So you had the lyrics and some photographs of the band and all the uh, text specs CDs. on one side. And then on the other side, I think it was a nine panel, but it had tarot cards that were like, it had like, you know, like the emperor, the fool, the hierophant, like, so it, it didn't have, um, it took some of the, 
I forget which of the four classes or whatever the term um, is. Oh, hold on. Um, there is the cups, the swords. The hearts. Is there hearts or diamonds? Or... Um, and then one was like a club suit. Or not club, what? card suit. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm just grasping <laughs> at straws. Clubs, diamonds, hearts. Um, wands, cups, swords... Hmm. I can't. I can't recall either. But and it, we have technology literally right in front of us. Yeah, but I mean that's it's uh, distracting to yeah, the conversation, okay. and then it would just be like it's it's not fun to go back and like clean up like dead air out of like a, a conversation anyway. You know what I mean? Because like you want to you want to be kind of natural, and but if there's like gaspers, like everybody's like, hang on a second, let me look this up, <laughs> and if it takes forever to look up information. Then it's like, all right, yeah. there's a fucking 45-second gap. I know there's, like, I know there's like the lesser arcana and then the um, higher arcana, I think it's... I'm not probably pronouncing it right. But like there's, um, you know, death, um, strength, the lovers, the fool. Like they're, they're, Nightmare. They're entire... I remember one was Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I think it was... Um, one's, one's death. I know, I know the death card death, because the lovers, it's it's the most um, cliched one where people are like oh, it'll be in movies. It's like the, oh, ace, the death card, the ace of pinnacle, or um, ace of pinnacles. I, I think the it's night. Like, I think nightmare may have been like like one of the sword cards. It was like nine or ten of swords or something. I think it's ten of swords where it's like this individual who's um, like in their bed and they like well, at least with the magician deck like they're sitting up and like their hands are in their face and then there's swords behind them mm-hmm. um, maybe it's like nine or ten of swords yeah but I, I remember favorite... the artwork from like that I guess that range of like I'm assuming swords um, it was I remember on the deck I had I had a deck for a summer somebody <laughs> lent me is it, it was fun um, it was it was interesting like you could you can I think a lot of it is inferred, you know what I mean? Not, oh, yeah. ne- not necessarily cosmic. I've, I've had, um, <laughs> this might be cruel. Well, maybe not. Um, so I had a friend who's like really, really into tarot cards. Oh, yeah. And um, she, she was like, oh man, just, just tell me my future. What, what do I have in store? And she was going through like a really rough time. Um, and I may have made the cards appear not as shuffled as, I mean, to her, they seem shuffled, but to me, they weren't. Um, and so I used them and put them out there, and I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna have a good future. Like, you know, here it represents. You know, you should be. You should do a lot of you know hard work. You know, and and it it really helped her out. And I thought that was that was cool. Even that wasn't like a true like tarot card reading, but she believed it enough that it affected her in a in a positive light. Yeah, like a, a placebo. Yeah. I guess, yeah. You know? I think there is something to that, um, you know, the, um, I'm, I'm obviously not a doctor, but from what I gathered, the more stress that you are under, the more your body can be in cellular dis-ease, which mm-hmm. means that you can contract sickness, or as they call them, diseases, you know, as far as long term. Um, aside from that, your mental state as well, like if, if you're operating on this like low vibrational sort of level where like you're just like oh god like even your activities are low like you just want to lay in bed all day mm-hmm. like that's like it's not good for, it's not good for your mind for your body any of that um 
So I think that having something that operates as a placebo, or in this case, like a tarot card reading, if it, if it helped her out, then who, like, who, who cares if it was real or not? You know what I mean? That's, it goes back to the argument of kindness versus honesty. Well, I mean, you should kind of be subjective with when to use it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, um, if someone's on their deathbed, then you should probably be both with them. You know what I mean? You should yeah. probably let them know, like, hey, you're about to die. But you shouldn't be like, oh, shit, bro. <laughs> that sucks, man. <laughs> but you also should be like, yeah, you're going to be okay. Get well soon. Oh, gosh. I hate... Uh, oh, gosh. It was... Um... Whenever they're really, really positive with cancer patients and the cancer patient's like, no, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, you're just not being positive enough. Like that. Have you, have you, oh, it was, an, it was in an article I read not too long ago. It's like you're running them through fucking chemotherapy. How like energetic and positive you want them like, to be. This woman was dying. telling a story. She's like, yeah, you know, I, I had breast cancer and, you know, I was just going through a really shitty time. And all of these people, like, I wanted to be stuck in my misery. Like, I wanted to feel like and, and you know because i you know was going through something really rough but everyone around me was like hey uh you should, you should be more positive and you'll make it through this just be positive and it was just really annoying to her and um you know you're a survivor you're, you're gonna you're gonna beat this but what about the people that don't you know it just you know wouldn't, wouldn't you rather tell somebody like like what you really feel about yeah. them you know what i mean like like I, I didn't get the ability to talk to my grandma before, like, she died. Now, granted, she wouldn't know who I was, you know what I mean? But, like, because of this COVID stuff, we couldn't even go see her. Nobody was there to hold her hand. Nobody was there to, like, you know, be with her, like, to even say anything, you know, give her a hug or something. Nothing. And, you know. It's I'm, terrifying. And it's, it's so awful that, like, there are so many other people that are going through that. Like yeah. Right now, and it's just. Yeah, and then I'll I'll go on, um, you know I'll go on. Uh, I I kind of quit uh, posting a lot on Facebook after I kind of had uh, my little rant on video. I was just sort of like like I'll I'll just do more on Instagram, man, because I can put videos on stuff in my stories, and people can check it out. They can do with with it whatever they want, and mm-hmm. plus I don't have to rely on my dopamine from getting likes on Facebook. I like that. I like that I'm not using a video game essentially to regulate that. I'll still, mm-hmm. I'll still use Facebook, but um, how do people on Facebook? Fuck, I forgot. What were we just talking about? Um, we were, we were on death. We were on death. Oh yeah, about, about my grandma and whatnot. Um, but um, I would get on Facebook, and I. Like I would, I would see people that like, like I know they're good people, and I know they, they either don't know or don't necessarily understand what's going through for people that like have lost like somebody during mm-hmm. this time, but like they'll go on these like hateful rants where they're like, like talking about like they're hoping people get COVID in order to prove themselves right and their like ideological stance. It's, That's so fucked up. It is so fucked up. And like, like you have people, you know, just chiming in, like, you know, like clicking like and all this. It's like, what a hateful fucking thing. And if anybody here is listening to that, you're doing really hateful stuff. If you wish people to go out and get sick, 
Like some of these people were like protesting for like either the stay at home or Black Lives Matter, whatever. Like they're not they're not looting or rioting. Like there there are folks out there that are causing chaos in big cities, but these aren't them. Like these are just normal folks that are just like protesting the government, their grievances peaceably, mm-hmm. as we have the right and constitutional right to do so. And these people are like wishing like such like ill will on people well it's like the more radical the post is either extremely happy or extremely sad or extremely like extremes get gets people's attention you know and likes and feeds that ego it 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 does i think you're totally right you know when something feels good and you get that like you get that dopamine like that's encouraging you to be more like that i think you know because you'll get more following and then you become you know kind of crazy for it Oh yeah, you, you know? become well. You become validated. Yeah. Oh yeah. But validated the, um, is the right word. The um, the other thing I look at, man, is that um, if you look at just let's say the uh, what four years or three and some change since uh, uh, Donald Trump has become president, right? So if you if you were to just go through your friends list and just look for nothing but Trump or MAGA or uh, uh, any other divisive hashtag or term like that, and you start seeing people's soapboxes, right? Mm-hmm. So you, if you notice this, that like people, people, if you're anti the president and you join in in this discussion, you're going to get a lot more support from not only your news feed, but from people on the feed because yeah. they're more active as far as keyboard warriors than people that are, uh, you know, wearing a MAGA hat. Now, you still have, like, I've got friends of mine that are right-wing that, like, they're, they're, they're quite vocal on, online, and they'll definitely hop on some, uh, some uh, left-leaning posts and be like, 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 y'all know what's even going on over here. Like, let me t- tell you about Trump 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> but, like, I, like, I'll try to avoid that because I'm, I know that, like, after, like, this type of s- stuff, like, them being encouraged for it started three some years ago, right? And now I look at their posts online, and now they went from talking about how awful that this person is. And again, I think he's a douchebag, the president. I think he's an asshole. Um, I, I don't necessarily think he uh, is presidential by any means, but that's not necessarily relevant as far as, like, what the symbol that he has become mm-hmm. however that is the symbol for like the like orange man bad people yeah. oh yes yep cheeto so, man as as one of my roommates called him the what man the cheeto man cheeto man but i mean they they can't get past that symbol to be objective with their analysis it's like right? they automatically assume as soon as they start talking he's he's wrong yeah it's it's a curse word like trump is a curse word in the modern sense it, it shouldn't be because normally we think of um, curse words as being uh, uh, profane or uh, lascivious, lascivious, lascivious. I have no idea. Um, any, anyway, um, there, but like it, it triggers, like a curse word triggers people, you know, and like his name does. But I've I've seen them go from this to where they're just like. Like, I do not like this president, I think. And they have their reasons. And mm-hmm. a fair a fair amount of my uh, friends that are, like, like never Trumpers, they, they have logical reasons as far as why that are not just his personality. 
So they're at least looking at like things objectively. But the majority of people, I feel, are not. Oh, absolutely not. And they, they see a heading you know, of an article. They don't even click on it, and they automatically share it because they're like, it agrees with their, their views, and just to keep, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are, yeah. are opinion editorials. They're op-ed pieces, and they'll share them like, like look at this. And it's like, well, where's the source coming from? And they're like, well, CNN. It's like, no, 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 no. In the CNN article, where's the source? where's the source coming from? It's like this. Um, um, have you been paying attention to, to any of this Wayfair scandal with these cabinets and pillows? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh my god, dude! Like, so I don't know who caught it. Coincidentally, I think it ties in with the uh, Trump administration going after the uh, this whole human trafficking cabal. And say what you will about. The, the orange asshole in the office, none of the past three presidents were able to get Jelaine Maxwell nor Jeffrey Epstein, and now we get to it in the age of conspiracy. I don't think it's entirely coincidental. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a fair amount of truth in, that, in the QAnon uh, conspiracy theory, That's, and just from what I talk with friends in the military as well, I think there's a fair amount of truth to it. I don't think it's all-encompassing true, because most things are not. That especially conspiracies. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, but <clears throat> this Wayfair thing, they they found these these cabinets and pillows and like just decor that like abnormally high prices, like ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars for cabinets, and with very peculiar names on the cabinets. Now they're all made by the same manufacturer. Mm -hmm. You have the description, the title of like however in um, however the text field would be that the stock number would reference it, right? Has this character in it that is a unique string for, for each one. And it's, it's someone's name. And like these are not common names. And they, they've already run damage control on this in two manners. One name they took and a picture that was going around that was, uh, I think I, even I may have shared it, where... Um, the name was not Miriam, but it was something close to Miriam as far as the, the characters in the English language are being used to spell the name. But um, the uh, this girl that was missing now releases this video on TikTok or Instagram. It's like, like, yo, I don't know what y'all are talking about. This is some fucked up shit. And people are like, oh, well, I guess it's not true. There's another girl with the same name, as it turns out, that is also missing, that they don't have an Instagram or TikTok for. So, aside from that, that's only one name out of like this like plethora of names that have come across that they keep finding. There's a, a video, uh, he's a QAnon guy on YouTube, his name is uh, Where We Go One, We Go All. That's like the Q mantra, or mm -hmm. whatnot, that they use. Um, but he's, he's pretty thorough in his videos as far as why he believes what he believes and how he gets there and he uh, shows that the Wayfair started updating the uh, prices in almost real time like it's something's odd the fact check that comes up you know how they do that now on social media where it's like uh, mostly false yeah right so this comes up as mostly false and the reason being is that Wayfair themselves said that these are actually just industrial uh, cabinets and they're not used to sell kidnapped children. 
that's the fact check is that Wayfair themselves said that they're actually not used as a way to sell kidnapped children and they're putting this out there like so it like all this and so like I know like with you somebody who's like a, a data nerd as well can like see like these ideas of like misinformation or fake conspiracies or all this stuff like marketing mandala effects or that like the the struggle is going on in in pride month but then it kind of ends like all of these are like tricks of the human condition to get us to think a certain way same thing with the algorithms on social media that encourages um, orange man bad to be uh, a top trending sort of ideology i'd like to see a list of of said names or just just analyze that of the um the yeah. zach Voorhees data as far as the blacklist mm -hmm. that google use uh, um I can get I can get okay. that for you later. Yeah. I still got a link to it somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, Put that in tablet or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can. I mean, you can you can see like. I don't think it's coincidental that like Jelaine Maxwell is now under custody from the FBI, and specifically they're only charging her with crimes from the '90s, right? Now she's been operating at this for thirty plus years. They're looking at the years 1994 to 1996. Now, there's a couple of reasons why I think they would do this. One, you can exclude certain people from this, right? So, anybody that, say, has been fucking with Epstein after he got busted for soliciting a minor, I think it was, in 2008 or 9, some of these cats kept hanging out with him. Like the Clintons, Bill Gates, they kept hanging out with Jeff Epstein. The royal family, they kept hanging out with Jeff Epstein. The president actually did not. Not to say that he wasn't fucking with him in the 90s. He was fucking with him in the 90s. I don't know to what degree, but there's not a flight log of him going to the, uh, the island. There's only a rumor of him going to the island one time and I guess kind of saw what kind of uh, orgy Jeff Epstein was into, and then subsequently never went back. But like they got their crime bosses, right? Yeah. Like one of them just happens to be in like real estate theft and like tax like shadiness, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. And the other side is like this fucking stupid, but satanic pedophile cult that like essentially will like harvest organs and traffic humans, and they've got this corporate world like sort of tied in with them. And I think that Ghislaine Maxwell gave a tip of what's going on with Wayfair. Do you know Wayfair as well, they were uh, not only selling uh, Ellen DeGeneres, had some custom pillows on there that were very expensive, like $10,000 for one pillow. That's from Ellen DeGeneres collection. The guy that is the CEO of Wayfair, uh, Nareesh Shah, I think his name is. I've, I'm, I'm you know, dumb, dumb white dude. So I, I, I'm, apologies if I mispronounce it, but um, he runs a charity, kids charity, mind you, for family, and yet also is CEO of Wayfair, and yet also Wayfair in June of 2019, their workers went on strike because they found out that the CEO made a deal for $200,000 worth of furniture to be uh, used in detention camps on the southern border. 
Now, where is the most publicly known problem in America of human trafficking going on? It's in the migrant camps and at the southern border. So, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't think all this stuff is coincidental. Mm-hmm. That, like, somebody just stumbled across this. Like, because, like, like it, it ate up, like, most of my, like, newsfeed on Instagram. Like, yesterday was, like, most of the Wayfair stuff. I didn't check Facebook too much. Most most yeah. of what I see on Facebook is like the orange man bad stuff, and that's that's very common. That's just it just gets old after a while. Where it's like, bro, like I've been watching y'all attack the character of a, again a, a fucking crime boss for like three years. If you don't yet get that the reason people vote for him is because. He is an antithesis to whatever the fuck shady pedo shit is going on elsewhere. He does not seem, nor whatever cronies he runs with, seem to be involved with the pedo-satanic body-harvesting organ part of it. No doubt they're probably getting hookers and all that like drug-running shit and all the shady shit the right-wingers do, no doubt. But usually the right-wingers, it's usually like... Like the dude who's like, uh, what was his name? Larry Craig. He was like a homophobe. And then he gets caught soliciting, uh, trying to suck a dude's dick in a bathroom in an airport. I think there's another guy. I noticed that a lot of individuals who are homophobic end up being, you know. The far right? Or, or oh. not even far right, but. Uh, um. home- <laughs> yeah, most folks that are homophobic, yeah, it's usually because they, uh, whatever they're. Um, what are you called? The the spectrum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not not like the autism spectrum, but your um my my hand my the finger other you, spectrum. Yeah, yeah. The not the how gay or how straight are you? You know, your your flexibility. The sexuality spectrum. There you go, there you go. Um so what I've learned in my travels is that um I, I just don't fucking care as long as it's not kids. Like that's my big thing. Is that uh, I think that's evil. Aside from uh, that, who gives a shit? But these, <laughs> like a lot of rednecks that I would uh, run into that would be uh, like, you know, like they would, uh, you know, just be gay bashing the whole time. And it's like, um, just clearly numbskullish behavior. And then one of them in particular, he used to be my boss not my direct boss but like he was he was a boss mm-hmm. in a place I worked and he would go to the gym I went to and I would see the way he would interact with the other men and me somebody who's been around a a, a wide swath of uh, 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 people from different sexualities like just growing up through adolescence and whatnot like you can tell based on body language and how he was acting that like he really liked being there with all those men and all those men looking nice and he could he could come up and he could touch them on their midsection right and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be gay or anything because like they're they're working out at the gym mm-hmm. and he he's also obsessed with sports why because he can look at men and yet he's so closed-minded he's not unable to unpack these ideas of presumably why he is no longer attracted to his wife. You know, it's probably because you may not have ever been attracted to her. You were taught that you should be attracted to her, and you made a family with her, and that's fine. I, but yeah, but. so unfortunate on the wife's end. Like, yeah. Um, example, well, story. Uh, my my grandfather was um, was a gay was gay, 
was a gay. Sorry, sorry that's a my grandfather was a gay. <laughs> yeah. well, you should have seen yeah, him. Yeah. Um, sad ending. But um, no, 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 no. Hold on, let me get to. It. Don't laugh at. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so he he was raised, um, and there it was a very homophobic time. Um, this is your dad. my grandfather, my your mom's dad, or yeah, yeah. Um, and he he uh, he got my mother pregnant, you know, and they well they got married first, and you know, and he got her pregnant, and um, he they eventually like divorced, um, and he would try to like you know have my my mom on the weekends and such, and. Um, which was cool and all, but then, um, where was I going with the story? Oh, um, whenever my mother came back and told my grandmother that, um, you know, oh, dad wouldn't let me sleep in the bed because his friend's over, like, my grandmother got so pissed, so pissed off, and stopped them or stop my mother from going over there and seeing her father now did she know that her ex-husband i think she yeah was yeah and um well once she heard that from my mother like um, <laughs> well well yeah but i mean like yeah, yeah. Uh, but she she knew she knew but like that was that just like made it official mm -hmm. um and wouldn't allow my mother to go over there anymore and that caused him to go into such like a deep depression um, no, no doubt yeah I mean. yeah um and around that i guess around that same time like his his boyfriend decided that he was going to go back to his wife and so he ended up like shooting himself in the head yeah yeah my i think my mother was she was maybe she's less than 12 years old holy the, cow yeah, was, yeah yeah so very unfortunate like so many closed-minded individuals and just not yeah. accepting that kind of stuff yeah the um, um growing growing up in a, our neighborhood in west virginia was um it was off of a windy road right yeah. that was around like a hillside and um it's a horseshoe neighborhood mm -hmm. so it's still the neighborhood itself is still going down the hill the main road is in the middle of the hill and our neighborhood yeah. is on the slope right so we we had um uh, two friends in the neighborhood, my brother and I. Yeah. There were also two brothers, uh, Andy and Jonathan, and uh, their um, their dad was uh, their their mom was always like she was she was very nice to us, but like she, I always know she was very short tempered and just like 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 just like oh I thought I told you not to do that like like yeah. just like like fussy you know and like angry like all the time and. <laughs> I always notice that just like 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 that's weird. Like my mom's not like that, and their their dad was um. He had this like grand piano in the living room that like he could play very well, mm -hmm. um, but nobody was allowed to touch the piano, and the carpet was just like perfect. The walls were designed a certain way, mm -hmm. and um, he also he. He would buy his um. He would buy his kids like uh, Andy and Jonathan. They had like like My Little Pony toys, which I mean, as a kid, that was cool to me. It was just like like oh, oh sweet toys. I like I, I had a I mean, 
be a little older than I am, but I had a collection of uh, of race cars. That was my thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I obsessed over over race cars and anything like, I loved like Polly Pocket, but anything small and intricate like that's always mm. been my my thing is like small intricate things, but also I really liked race cars and building the tracks and um, which made me very popular with the neighborhood <laughs> boys. Um, I didn't have a lot of female friends, uh, but I did have, yeah, it was cool, it was cool. Um, I was about to say, like, I, kids, they were like if a kid like, has a racetrack, like, that you could put a car on, Dude, like, it was awesome. shit is on. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so continue, the, um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, I just, like, he, like, they had, like, My Little Pony, and, like, they had a couple of other, like, like, Barbies as well. And not like some of them the toys were like in the package still like they weren't allowed to take the toys out of the package like some 40 year old virgin like type shit you know like <coughs> it was like really odd and it reminds me of the turpin family like have you heard have you read that article mm-hmm. or not that new story um they they would buy toys and like keep in the package but like they um it was a family and it was like maybe 16 kids and they kept their kids like locked up like chained to beds for years and then one finally escaped and from a stolen cell phone and they called the cops and they discovered everyone they when you look at the pictures of them like they one of them was a 19 year old um oh i think the oldest one was like 27 and she is smaller than i am and they they thought that she was like still like a teenager because of how like malnutrition they were but like yeah, yeah, they couldn't wash above their uh, their wrist because that would be wasting water, um, and a lot of toys like in packages all around, um, and they, that they can't play with. That they can't play with, and um, like they would, like the parents, because I, I was reading like through the court documents um, mm-hmm. that are well some of the videos too, but um, they would have food right in front of you know the kids and eat it and. It was just, yeah, yeah, and then not giving like, anything. Like I don't understand, like how evil you have to be to like do some shit like that. To your own kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it's the neighbor's kids, I'll totally, I'll fuck them up. Oh. I'll be. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, no, seriously though, like it's that's fucking disgusting, man. Yeah. Like that people get that far. John, Jonathan Andy's dad was was nothing like that. He was not a violent man. At oh, all. that's good. That's yeah, good. Oh yeah, totally. But like there is, even like, like looking back as an adult in hindsight, I just knew that like there's some sort of dynamic that was going on between the wife, the mom, right, and their their dad. Their dad was like very very quiet. I think we only ate food over there once, um, which I mean. That was just kind of odd in general. Like, they would be over at our house, but we only ate food over there with their whole family, I think, one time. And that was it. Um, and it seemed like it was a special occasion or something. But then after um, they got into high school or something, I think one of them had graduated. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the dad goes to the mom and says, I never loved you. I'm gay. I've had a lover for years. We're now, like, the boys are old enough to know. I'm going to tell them I'm leaving you. I'm going to divorce you, and I'm going to be with my husband. Even though they couldn't get married at the time. But that, he, he, um, 
so in hindsight, it kind of made sense of like, like why the mom was like so exacerbated, like all the time and fussy and like all that. Cause yeah. She didn't. She didn't uh, have any uh, mm. vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> but it was um. There was there was one kid on on the block. We were not allowed to go to his house. I don't know why. He was allowed to come over, but he wasn't allowed to come in. I remember my dad saying like 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 you don't let that boy in my house. Like y'all play outside. Like all right. I I had that cool. happen to me except it was because I was half Mexican. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like, wouldn't let you in the house because you were half Mexican. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, they wouldn't even let you halfway in the house? You know, I tried. <laughs> like, yeah. Can I just put one foot in? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like, I remember the first what time, like, going over to this friend. Thing. I remember the first time going over to that friend's house, and, um, like, their grandfather was like, Do you know what a wet back is? And I'm like, Oh, a, a what? Like, because at that age, you know, it was before I, I moved to Texas, um, which here in, you know, Georgia, Florida, it seems like a lot of whites were racist against me being Mexican, but then over there in Texas, a lot of the Mexicans were really racist against me being white. So it was like a loose-loose situation mm. wherever you went. But yeah, I went over to the friend's house and he was like, yeah, you can't come in. And I'm like, oh, okay. And um, I asked it, my, my friend, you know, later and I was like, yeah, it's because you're Mexican. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's... But continue, continue. Weird kid. But, well, not weird kid, but you know. Kid that could yeah, I can't that. remember his name. Uh, he, like, he was, he was nice. You know what I mean? Like, he, I could, I could tell that, like, I, like, he wasn't like, he wasn't the brightest kid. You know what I mean? Mm. But like, like, anytime he came by, like, we would have fun, like, you know, playing yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that, like, I think what it was is that, like his parents were just never around or if they were then they were either drinking or drugged up because mm-hmm. like that's why he was never home oh. and he he let we were the first house on one end of the horseshoe and he was mm-hmm. the first end or first house on the other opposite end of the horseshoe yeah and like even like his yard like we would drive by and you could just like, you just see it just like that is not a happy yard like <laughs> um but it was, um, I don't know, like the, man, on the Wayfair and human trafficking stuff. So, um, you know, I, I was, you know, Catholic school for seven years. Never, never got molested or anything like that. Never had a bad experience with the priest. I didn't become uh, anti-religious uh, congregation, I guess, until I became an adult. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, we had some asshole priests, but, like, never had one that harmed kids or anything. Yeah. Thank God. But um, I was at the grocery store with my mom once. I was probably seven or eight years old. And it's, um, okay, so imagine if you want an aisle at a grocery store that um, one side of the aisle is open, right? Where you've got uh, some deep freezers and produce. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the other side is um, frozen, but it's... Um, it goes from frozen to refrigerators. So you have like, you know, like we're like a beer cooler. You yeah, can yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, I know exactly what you're like the very like end part of you know the public. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, okay. So so yeah, so imagine that on the other side of the aisle, instead of there being another aisle, that there's this long deep freezer 
that's like open, you know, the, yeah. you know. So I'm, uh, my mom's at one end and I'm just, like I said, I'm like seven or eight and just bored, you know. And so I'm off and just looking at stuff at the opposite end. And this old man comes up, a uh, large man, grabs me by my wrist, starts dragging me very calmly. He goes, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, hey, come here, come here. I want to show you something. Come here. Why don't you come over here? My mom from the opposite end of the aisle says, get the fuck off of my child. And like, starts like, you know, you know buggy and all, <laughs> buzzing herself down. And he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, oh, ma'am, I, I, do, I wasn't meaning any trouble with it, ma'am. I just wanted to talk to the young fella just a minute. Yeah, that's creepy. As like, he's like, really creepy. We go around the other aisle. And uh, he comes around. He's like, "Ma'am, I don't know why you're trying to run. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you and the boy." And she turned us around. She's like, "Move, like, like walk, like fucking bad, like just like the the fact that like you know like you see you don't you don't touch someone else's kid unless I mean you don't touch anyone else's Fuck kid. Fuck no, you don't touch anybody else's you know. kid." Especially if you're not, not a stranger. Yeah. Now, unless they're beating up your kid. Yeah. If I had a child and some little fuck is <laughs> beating up my kid, I will punt a child. I'll go to jail. It's fine. I'll take my chances with the jury. They might understand. But, like, I'm not going to let somebody from my family, like a child, get beat up. But I, I, you don't I, would, I would just separate them, you know, instead of... That's probably a better idea, actually. Um, this is why it's a good thing that I'm not a parent yet, because I have a lot to learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, because, you, you mean, if you go to jail, and you know, just, just wouldn't... Just... I do not like jail. I don't want to go there. Okay, so you could probably just pick up the child. You're, That's you're, a better you're idea. Able, you know, they're like 40 or 50 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, depending... Yeah, I guess full sprint Goldberg spear tackling them off of yeah, no, my, that's my son would be frowned upon. Very. Okay. This is why you're a good friend. You tell me this You're stuff. welcome. <laughs> Don't punt children. I'm so glad I gave you valuable advice. <laughs> well, today we're talking about punting children on... <laughs> Ooh. Not entirely. It was, um, it was like, uh, I'd read, um, you remember Golden Books? Yes. Like the, the children's books? I loved those. Likewise. Like the artwork that was in them. I collect, so, um, I'm not a parent, but I, I collect, like, the gold books and I collect, um, like, children's books for the one day I will ever have a child so I can read to them. Mm. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm glad you're going to do that instead of sacrificing it to Moloch because... That's I a mean, bad. That's a bad. Well, thing. the first child is going. So I mean, I'm the second one. I already promised the first one. So, um, <laughs> uh, at least you're, uh, you know, at least you're a man of your word. You know. I at mean, least I'll get my soul back. This a. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Silver lining. Sucks for that kid though. Oh, they won't know the difference. That's true. No, um, <laughs> so terrible. Um, I have given thought to, I was talking with uh, my friend Amber about it, um, about like, like I've decided that if I ever do uh, uh, end up having a son, that I am not going to circumcise that kid. I do not want. I uh, 110% agree with you. That's what's up. Like, it's, it's, aside aside from it being a violation, aside from that, oh my gosh, yes, like Like, it's it's like there is some sort of trauma that is dealt to the child, like, yeah, 
Yeah, and they, they're like, oh, no, they'll be fine. They won't remember it. Yeah. No, like, you're cutting off a piece of someone's body without their permission. Like, if they, I don't know, if they're, like, 18, 19, and they're like, yeah, I want to get circumcised. Oh, you know? no doubt. I've had, I've had buddies of mine that, like, they've either put their dick into things that they shouldn't have put it into and end up getting sick or just from, like, the way uh, yeah. of uh, how they age where they've, Elected to get circumcised, yeah, like as uh, post pubescent uh, uh, yeah, men, but, you know? but circumcision for baby, no, no, absolutely not. I that's awful, yeah. Well, and like some, like depending on the I guess how fundamental their circumcision is, but I mean, it's some some brisses they'll like they'll like cut and then they'll suck the baby's blood, I've seen that. like that's. Oh. Fucking pedophilic and like so not only is it bad as far as like you're violating them, but, but then like the priest is like putting their lips on your baby's penis. Like, yeah, it's just and then sucking out adrenalized blood is fucking yeah. adrenochrome, man. It's... Like that's fucking awful. So I mean, all of that taking into consideration, I've decided that if yeah. if uh, I ever have sons, that uh uh-uh. uh. I'm, I'm leaving their their little uh, uh, little miserable cocks intact, and they can decide what to do with them as they see date. fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and plus a lot of the there's a lot of myths out there like oh it's cleaner, it's not it's not cleaner you know it's not there's no I don't know there's there's no benefits to it you know so there's that all that to say all that to say the um. <laughs> Do you know that the guy who invented cornflakes, why he invented cornflakes? Oh my gosh, tell me. Seriously. Um, he did it so dudes would stop jacking off. Like the guy who invented cornflakes was, uh, I want to say a Calvinist? He may not have been, but he, he was a religious like nut nonetheless. And he thought that the more people eat of like protein, meat, and beasts, that the hornier that they'll get, and that if the uh, more you masturbate, you know, it's uh, you know um, spilling the seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, that whole passage of the Bible about it. So he came up with cornflakes as a deterrent to fill your tummies and keep your dick out of your hands at the same time. He also promoted circumcision in the West for similar reasons. That it would keep men from jacking off. God, that failed. Let me tell you, sister, you have no idea. Um, but, no, like, like, I had never known that, like, yeah. ever. Um, my friend Duke, that uh, we, were, we were talking about earlier, that uh, he had commented on some post I had, and... Uh, he was like, uh, like uh, you know, the guy that uh, invented cornflakes uh, uh, did it so uh, people wouldn't masturbate, right? I was like, no, because like, it sounds so stupid. Yeah, like, it's like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Like that is. That's why, though. I bet you. Yeah, I bet you he was on that board. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And he's like, we have to tell everyone. Yes, the first thing in the morning, you have to eat breakfast so you don't masturbate. Now make sure there's lots of pancakes and potatoes. No sausage, though. No <laughs> sausage. No meat. 
We're also going to go around, we're going to chop that little flap of skin at the end of your cocks off, because we know that that's why you want a jacket. Uh, you know, like, the, the nerve endings are, cause like, it's the difference between, like, the palm of your hand, mm -hmm. the nerve endings, and then the top of your hand. Like, if you touch the, like, that would be the difference between, yeah, that was reading. See? Yeah. I've been robbed. Yes. See, I didn't even have a say-so in it. Like, it, it happened to me before, uh... I could legally consent. Yeah, 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 Um... I mean, what's sad is that, like, there's not much to begin with, and they took some from it. Fucking bastards. Um... <laughs> well, the, the, the doctors brought... I mean, doctors are like, yeah, no, it's it's safe. It, it keeps things clean. Like, at that time... You, you think know, he just wants to suck a baby's dick with adrenalized blood? Like, I, is think he like a, a, I think that's a religious thing. Like, I think it's... It, it, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. it ties in with this... That yeah. uh, While we were talking about, like, the yeah. Moloch, like, yeah, child yeah. sacrifice shit. Yeah. And, um, but but so, I wonder... Surely there's got to be some... Was, is that OBGYNs that handle that? Obstetricians that handle? I mean, I'm I, again, no, sci no scientician here. But um, I would imagine that there would have to be, like, at least one in the country, in that profession, that is also of that, like, old-school religion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up, though. It is. Uh, I mean, if I ever... Like, like, my cat Bonkers is a... You know, I, he's a rescue. Mm -hmm. But if uh, if I ever had, like, an animal that was... Like, you know, I don't know, wild? Not wild, because, I mean, it's domesticated. But, you know what I mean? Not from the pound. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would, like, get stray. it. Stray. Yeah, there you go. Stray. Or even, like... I don't think cats have pedigrees. I'm sure they do. Like, once you get into, like, there's, Siamese cats or, like... I mean, there's Persian, <laughs> uh, Siamese, uh, American Shorthairs... Um, I didn't know you were a uh, cat expert. Maine Coons. Those are, those are nice cats. Mm. Yeah, I, I like animals. So. Well, I've got... Uh, I can usually only do, like, the short-haired cats. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, too much fur is it... Like, I, I, I just can't do it. I got too much fur on my face to deal with. As someone who owned a Malamute, I, I completely understand with enough. Like... Especially she, in she's, the South, like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, like she, <laughs> rest in peace, um, like, she's been gone for um, almost, like, uh, half a year. That's what to say. Um, and I'm still finding her hair in my clothes and on, on like, books and stuff. Can you, uh, can you uh, still smell her? Yes. Like, like that's, it's like, that's cool to me. Yeah, it, it, And that scent is triggered, like, so strongly to memory, you know? Yeah, I, um, I got really upset, um, because I, I bought this, like, cedar box to put her, her remains in, like, her collar, and, like, um, you know, I, whenever she died, like, I cut a little bit of her hair off, because I just, I wanted to remember, it's kind of weird, but, you know, well, that's, um. That's cool. And I put it in this, this cedar box, and I came back, and I was like, you know, I really miss, like, smell like I I need you know um and so I got, got a collar out and you know I put it in my face and I'm like oh, I miss my dog so fucking much um and then it smelled like a fucking hamster cage because of the of the box <laughs> so instead of being reminded of my dog I was reminded of you know my pet hamster when I was a kid so yeah. Wow. It took, yeah. You, even, took you further back. It took me I, further back. I thought you were going to say it uh, had derailed, which I, essentially I guess it did derail you, but like 
to somebody else's hamster and be like, oh, I remember that fucking hamster. My first hamster. Sprinkles. What an asshole. I, uh, my first hamster, um, it was really fat. She was really, really fat when I got her. Adorable. Um, and it was during the time I was watching this like anime. It's not really an anime. Hamtaro, you know, when I was a kid. It's so cute. Um, and I take this hamster home. You know, we have a little cage for her. And I'm like, I love her so much. But she's she's so fat. I, like, should, should we worry about this? Well, a week later, um, I, I look in the cage and there's 11 hams- like baby hamsters in there. <laughs> and she wasn't fat anymore. <laughs> um, so that was... How, how long are hamsters pregnant? I have no idea. Maybe, maybe well, a week. How long did you have her up till you saw 11 baby hamsters? Not long. Not long at all. No? no. Like, a, like a week? It was maybe a week. But she was, she was pretty, like, chubby. Did she eat any of the babies? 11's a lot. She ate one. Yeah, I, I, it was scarring as a child. Um, cats, cats. I, we had a, we had one cat, Pookie, that uh, popped out like some like ten litters in like five years. Like yeah, a lot of cats came out of that cat. Yeah, but sometimes she would eat a cat. Yeah, my mother. Um, so I, my, my grandmother raised dogs um, for show at one point. I had about I think at most she had like sixty five. 65 dogs. dogs. Yep. Holy yep. cow. Um, small dogs. Like Pomer- they're Pomeranian, so it's kind of like a mix between a... Oh my god, can you imagine how yippy that fucking house would be? <laughs> yeah, she had a kennel. Um, but oh yeah, god. it was insane, and my mother um, had to take care of them. That makes sense. Why would you keep 65 dogs at your house? Well, because <laughs> you'd make, you'd make you know, money from selling them, and she had a, like a lot of the top breeders um, in the state, and it, you know, <coughs> going around and you just make a lot of money but um, there is one of the, the females who just had um, pups and my mother was like yeah you know I'd, I'd always be the one to take care of them you know um, while my grandmother was off doing you know other stuff you know I think the only reason she kept my mother's free labor um, but she she told me the story that there's this dog that you know always had puppies and there's one that would like one puppy out of one litter that was like it kept yipping non-stop um and one day my mother went in there and she didn't hear any yipping and the mother dog had bit its head off yeah so i'm glad i didn't have to deal with that holy shit yeah but I, I think, you know, the mother dog did it because it was sick, you know? Like, that, I mean, I think that is one way the, I would try to make myself feel better about it. Definitely. You know, be like, there had to be something some wrong. Reason, yeah, there had to be something, something wrong. I don't know if animals, you know, just do it because, you know, but I feel like so, I mean, a lot of them do it because do. there's some kind of reason. Some do, I, but I mean, most of what I could think of would be like, like a, like sea life, it would be uh, uh, the uh, was it mammalia, the mammal kingdom. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, but like, um, I think it's a certain type of shark. I don't think it's all sharks, but a certain type of shark, it will um, have numerous eggs fertilized that will grow. You know, an offspring. Each other. Yeah. 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 That's brutal. Like it's kind of like um, 
I mean, it's not cannibalizing, but like, like sea turtles, like they'll birth like a thousand eggs. And then like, like two or three will survive like out of it and like make their way to sea. Is it really two or three? I mean, I, mean, I don't, is that... I don't know. Did you used to do yeah, wildlife, uh, work for the wildlife department? Yes. How was, how was that? I wasn't in that section. Well, I, uh, I, but... I wouldn't think you would be. But, but I mean, I mean there, there's a lot of regulations um, regarding sea turtles and, you know, the lights near the beach need mm -hmm. to be dim during certain times. And um, I think there's more of a percentage than like two that, you know, I, I would imagine. So I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of being hyperbolic, ah, you know, uh, okay. but um, um, yeah, we uh, we ran into one. Uh, my friend uh, Justin uh, and I and uh, I think my friends uh, Eric and Rodney were with me as well. But um we were at Jekyll Island, where they've got this, you know, protected uh, uh, dunes, right? Mm -hmm. And we had drove out there on a whim at like you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, and we see this giant mound on the beach. And we had come from further back. There was two people wrapped up in a blanket, pre presumably doing more than cuddling. Um, and so we were like, "Like, what the hell is this?" And all of a sudden. This head sticks out, and these four giant fins come out, and it's a turtle that was like, I guess, like trying to make its way up on the beach, and we were causing a racket, so it just went into hiding mode and oh shut God. down. And then we saw it was a turtle, and like, it's like it's as big as this table, like Holy gigantic, that's like insane. turtle, and. So then, of course, we're like, oh, my God, you'll make even more of a racket. Yeah. So it tucks itself back in and then flips itself 180 quickly and then just starts slowly yet defiantly going back to the sea and being <laughs> like, fuck this. Oh, man. <laughs> big animals. Have you, ever, have you ever seen a bullfrog before? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like... They're like the size of a basketball. Like, yeah, they're big. Yeah, like they're terrifyingly big. What was um? So I, I know you uh, you did uh, you know uh, data uh, analyses. Was that mm -hmm. what you were in? Yeah. So like, what did what was that like? What did you learn as far as uh? Um, I learned a greater. So. Uh, one of the big reasons I really love that job is because every license that's sold, you know, that, you know, it's not just like some greedy, you know, this is just the state taking our money. Like, every bit of funding that, or license that you buy, um, that goes towards funding, you know, trying, you know, wildlife, you know, restoring habitats, and um, they do so much good. Um, and a lot of people give them rap because they're like, oh, well, they're just taking our money, it's just government trying to control us. Um, but if you do research on, on their websites, they do a lot of really good stuff. One, that was one thing I learned while working there was just how beneficial and stuff like they are. Um, and just an appreciation. Because before I was like, eh, I'm not sure. You know, I just had that same viewpoint of, you know, they're just taking our money, but it's for a purpose. Right. Like, it, it goes somewhere and it goes somewhere good. And I can tell you that the employees don't really get paid that much. Um, so it goes, I mean, like building things and yeah. Um, but the data wise, um, hmm. Oh man, it's been such a long time since I've looked at it. Um, 
There are a lot of um, lifetime hunters. Um, what else? Meaning they, they bought like a lifetime license. You know, there's a lot of them that like buy a license for their kids. Mm-hmm. And there's over, I think, 150 different license and permits, which is really cool. Um, but what else? As far as permits to interact with like the wildlife well, I mean, or to I mean, kill the wildlife? Well. Oh, well, I, I mean, mean I'm, I'm pro hunt, mind you. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want it to seem that like. Uh, I mean, I think it's awesome. I I totally promote hunting because it's you know. Yeah, we don't want the fucking bears to take over. Well, also it's like <laughs> I would rather, like on an ethical standpoint, you know, I would rather eat a deer that has been you know mm-hmm. roaming around and, it, and it's free and it's, it's happy, you know, than a chicken that's been closed up in its entire life, like. You know, I, like I'm, I'm, I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I, the goal it's, for me for my um, for my midlife crisis that's uh, I guess incipient, you know, a decade or so from now, mm-hmm. is I want to work towards being self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that that is going to be valuable in the long run. Most everything else that, from what I can tell, 2020, we all agree that nobody knows what the fuck to agree on. Like yeah. nobody knows what the fuck is going on. So. Hey, it sounds like some old world chaos where it's just like, Fend, figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. And with this system, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah. But it's, it's temporal, right? It's not going to last. But if I learn more and prepare myself to say like, hey, if I, can, um, if I can go hunting once a year with a kill, with a large enough I mean, kill. Deer can feed a fan. Like, it, it's a lot of meat. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, it... Population control and yeah, again, you don't just, want to give them up. as cheesy as it is. And aside from overpopulation of deer, like we do have bears in the south. Like there were, um, I don't know if you knew this, there were black bears like last month that were sighted in uh, North Valdosta. Mm-hmm. Like like two of them. That were. Would you ever eat a bear? Yes, I would because it would eat me. Any beast that eats me, I have no remorse of eating it. None whatsoever. I don't think they have any like cravings for humans. I mean, they would eat. It does not matter. I am an organic mammal that a bear will definitely fuck up. Like, what am I gonna do against a bear? I mean, Die. A, gri- a grizzly bear would probably fuck you up, oh but like God, black that's... bears are. They they might eat your cat though. So I mean. Yeah, that's not garbage cool. and not only that small dogs. Um. I I bond with my cat. I can talk with my cat as you. And he just... talks back. Yeah. Yeah, he people was, don't understand that. Where I'm like, oh, my cat talks to me. Like, oh god, <laughs> it's one of these crazy cat dudes now. Yeah, crazy cat dudes have multiple cats. I've learned that. Same thing with crazy cat lady. She's got multiple cats. You know what I mean? Right now, I can handle one life form other than myself and be responsible for it. I'm cool with that responsibility right now. <laughs> I have three animals. Oh my god, dude! I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Uh, I love them. But, um, yeah, I, I would have, like, no qualms with the uh, with um, eating a bear, a lion, a tiger, a shark. Like, none of that. I did, speaking of turtles, I, I, I will admit that I have eaten sea turtle before. Um, How was it? It was, um, it was like roast beef, honestly. Almost indistinguishable from roast beef yet you could tell 
it was not roast beef at the same time. So like alligator tastes like very greasy chicken to me. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, if you want to really taste gator, you grill it because you fry it. Like you're gonna, you just know your taste. I tasted it in New Orleans. It was just like it was fried, and it was just like it was just chewy and greasy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is awful. Same with duck. Like duck is really greasy too. Oh, I love gator. Duck, I've had a couple of times. Not much though. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's a different kind of dark meat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I'll fuck some gator up. I like some gator. But grilled gator, like, you can tell that, like, uh, weird as it sounds, you can tell this animal is aquatic in some sense. Mm-hmm. It's not quite seafood taste, but it's it's got, like, it's got a taste in there that's like, like, this is fish, but it's not fish. Yeah. It's a reptile, which is, like, weird to think about. I would highly promote um, eating invasive species by the way, if you're talking about like, you know, sea turtles and such, there's iguanas in South South Florida that have become a really big issue and a lot of people complain about them. That's one thing I learned. Um, Would you eat an iguana? Oh, absolutely. Have Absol- you eaten an iguana? Um, no, I have not. The, I, would, I, would, the next, I wouldn't mind. The next time we hang out, if you find, and it's legal, of course. Oh, no, no. I mean. To eat an iguana. Like wild hog, we'll, we'll, you don't we'll, need. We'll fuck up an iguana. An I'm iguana. fine with that. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, we'll go to South Florida, Miami, and, and, and pick one off on the trees. It'll be like orange picking, but iguana picking. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Free range. Free range iguanas. <laughs> iguana on a stick. Just eat it raw like a beast. Oh, oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> and lionfish. Lionfish are also an invasive species that. Um, really? Yes. Oh I didn't my know gosh. that. They. They're See, awful. I, I guess maybe if it's the fish I'm thinking about, like they're very pretty fish. Oh yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. So maybe that's why, like. But they mess up. <sighs> yeah, they've messed up the ecosystem. They're not supposed to be here. Um, they actually like, like stink lionfish. bugs are the same way. Uh, we don't have them too much, uh, at least not in the tropics, but in, uh, I think it's a shipment in like the 90s, it was from uh, China, that it was some plant of a company in Virginia mm-hmm. was buying this this type of plant, and it had stink bugs on it, and they have just started running amok on the East Coast. Like in Jersey, they were really bad. I never saw them down here mm-hmm. until after I lived in Jersey, and I looked at a map. Because you can't keep them out of your house. They're shaped like a little tank. Yeah. And like thin, so they can they can act like a cockroach, right? Yeah. As far as what the crevices they can get into, mm-hmm. but they um, the pheromone they release, it's the same chemical word for mate attack, like like food shelter, all of this. So it attracts. Not like all of the stink bugs around. So whenever you find I'm one, mixed signals. Yeah. So whenever you find one, you don't want to like squish it because then you're gonna have every Tom, Dick, and Harry stink bug from around, like just. <laughs> one coming. Hey, you want to fight? No. <laughs> and then uh, like I, you called. I was told there was food here. <laughs> Am I incorrect in that assumption? Yeah. How do we count stink bugs? Um. Oh, in. Another invasive species. Invasive species, invasive yes. Species, um, is is the wild hog. Those have have fucked up like Texas. They they're awful. I, I've, yeah. Joe Rogan talks about the, them affecting the Southwest like a fair amount on his show. Um, I know that in Georgia, about further east to here, away from uh, 
so the Widlacuchi and the Suwannee rivers, yeah. like where you start getting more, uh, I guess, clay dirt like type terrain. Like they, it's like pine forests, just like barren pine like forests as far as you go, and like wild hogs are out there. They're fucking huge, dude. Like their heads are like the size of like a buffalo head, There's and you don't understand that like how big that is. And they're like so short and stout, but they're like they're. Not, I mean, they're not short and stout in, though. In some places, you don't even require like a permit. There, okay, so there is a permit you need to get, but not for killing them, but for killing them from a helicopter. Because they're. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do you think it was because of one dude initially that that's the legislation they I, passed? Actually, I don't. I, I think there is. I'm, I'm like eighty-four point three percent sure on that um i've always wanted to do that like be in a helicopter and shoot i've never like, that would be cool hogs um, oh dude that would be so fucking cool like kill your food from a helicopter yeah. like that'd be tight i've never the, even been in a helicopter that you can't I, i've heard that you can't kill the like the huge ones but like the smaller the smaller ones are the ones that are the tastiest oh yeah, the so. children are the tastiest i mean that's that's it goes back to one of those natural arguments Ugh. Oh, natural. What is natural? I don't know. Whenever people are just like, it's an all-natural food. I mean, syphilis is natural, but that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. So, yeah. saying that again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Miss V, we got about two and a half hours here. Jeez. Why do you talk too much? Do I? <laughs> I always worry about that, that I always... Because I know I'm a blabbermouth. Because I'm, I'm so naturally introverted until I get around people that like I, I want to fuck with and then I'm like like let's talk like I got so like many ideas to like share and I always feel like I just dominate the uh, the conversation uh, no. no you didn't you didn't I don't think you did if you re-listen re to this maybe you'll well I have to re-listen to it anyway because I have to clean the audio and yeah. you know, prep it, all the boring stuff but so alright thank you Legitimately, thank you so much. I am like, like I said earlier, I am, I am thrilled to have you uh, in my life. I think you're a fantastic uh, individual, and uh, I'm really happy that uh, I, I just got to see you today. Yeah, yeah, aside yeah. from, and thank you again for being on the podcast. Yes, you're okay. I'm okay. I am. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. Thank you very much. Bye, y'all.